Gentlemen, to a new show of the sports loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth, which airs every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to check out all our shows and the listings is go to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And you can call us tonight, as always, 631-672-3108. Speedy, what is up, my friend? Give a congratulations to the Texas Rangers, their first ever World Series in franchise history. And I'd like to congratulate an ex-Met that actually had a big role in Travis Jankowski once Adolis Garcia went down. Stony Brook alumni. Yeah, he's served his part. Happy for Jacob deGrom as well. The one with the two different color eyes, not so much. <laughs> Why? Why? Why do you hate him so much? Well, he was a $43 million third star. But that's not year. his fault. That's the Mets' fault. I that, say- is, that is Uncle Stevie's fault. Nobody told him to pay him that kind of money, Did were they? I mean, he decided, Uncle Stevie and that management decided, hey, you know what? We're going to pay Max Scherzer $43.5 million a year. Yep. And they did that with Justin Verlander, and it didn't work. Yeah, and they both pitched like third starters. But that's not that's not the player's fault, is it? It's the team's fault. And that's the problem with the Mets. They have decided, hey, you know what? We're going to invest into a bunch of 40-year-old people or players. And and look, they did it for Quintana. I mean, he was, what, 36 years old? He actually had a pretty good season he's, this year. He's fine, yeah. Yeah, he's, but he's 36 for 13, years old. For, for, for $13 million a year, he was actually very good. Again... The Mets were the team, and they were the organization that invested in him. It didn't work out. He goes over there to Texas. He did nothing for Texas to win a championship, but he still got another championship. So you can't blame Max Scherzer for that championship. Yep, cue, cue the meme. Uh, when you when you do nothing and still get an A on the group project for Max Scherzer. Well, that's what happens, my friend. It, it's just like when when you watch teams over the years, like, I don't know, uh, the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. And you look how talented they were with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and uh, Dennis Rodman at that time. And they won three titles. Nobody was complaining when they brought Dennis Rodman in, except Scottie Pippen. Huh. That was the only person True. complaining about that. And, and what did they have to deal with with Dennis Rodman? What did they have to do? His partying, going out, uh, drinking, smoking, hanging out with women, hanging out with men. Carmen Alexa. I yeah. mean, whoever he wanted to hang out with, gambling, they had to deal with it. So the Mets invested into Max Scherzer. It didn't work out. And, you know, they struck out. The, the Chicago Bulls didn't struck out, strike out with, uh, obviously, Dennis Rodman. 
It, it happens. That's what happens. You're taking chances on great players. And hopefully it works out for that team and that organization. We have a great show lined up for you guys. Legendary college basketball coach Bob Knight passes away at 83 years old. Uh, it, it's, it's sad, 83 years old, but had a great career. Really mm -hmm. fantastic career. And uh, really changed Indiana basketball. We will get into that. The 76ers are rumored to have interest in trading for Zach Levine. I have no idea why they want to do this. I, I don't. Now, I understand they're trying to fill in for James Harden. What are they willing to give up for Zach Levine? You're, you're, you're looking at possibly a first-round draft pick. You might have to trade Maxi or maybe Harris. You're going to have to give up something to add a player of this magnitude. So that's an interesting story. The Packers say they are unsure on whether Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. Uh-oh. Now all of a sudden this is breaking through. We heard with Justin Fields the other day with the Bears. Oh, we don't know if Justin Fields is the guy now. I, I don't understand it because Justin Fields came out and threw the, the coaches on of the bus now all of a sudden he's not the coach he's not the quarterback of the future so that makes absolutely no sense but again this is organizations that have absolutely no idea what they're doing and i i've said this over and over and over again about the green bay packers it is all luck over the years when you bring in a guy like brett Favre. by the way you didn't even draft nope. okay you brought him in and he turned out to be great you had bart star years and years before that and, and and obviously winning the championships that he won. And then you bring in Aaron Rodgers. Somehow he fell to you in the 20s, and he became one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So they have been lucky with quarterback play. It's not easy to find one. You can have first-round draft pick after first-round draft pick after first-round draft pick. Ask the New York Jets. It just doesn't work. So to find a franchise quarterback, it, they don't grow on trees. So, again, Jordan Love was a guy that I liked. I, I like when yeah, they move up and, and picked him, but it's not working out when you're falling into place. And I, I'll tell you this, right? There was a lot of pressure on him taking over for Aaron Rodgers because a lot of the fans out there thought, oh, we're just, it's just Aaron Rodgers. He's washed up. We don't need him. We can win with Jordan Love. And that's the problem right now. Now they're realizing that there is no more Aaron Rodgers. There's no more Brett Favre. So what are we going to do now? So uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, could the commanders make a trade? to land Bill Belichick as their next head coach. That is an interesting story. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I've i been reading a little bit about it. I don't know if Bill Belichick is interested in taking over the commander's job, but, hey, it might be over for Bill Belichick because now that Josh McDaniels is available and, and Bill O'Brien's there, maybe Bill Belichick wants to flee and go to another organization where he can rebuild and maybe win another Super Bowl with them. Maybe do a Tom Brady. So that's an interesting story. We'll get into it. Tyreek Hill says he's never wanted to leave the Kansas City Chiefs. And he wants to give them the work in their matchup this week. So I give them the work. That's not the right English. But, hey, if he wants to go out there and give them the work, uh, that's what you say, you know, to a woman when you're ready to go into a bedroom. I want to give her the work. So I guess that's what Tyreek Hill wants to do. He wants to give them the work. Uh, we have Let's Parlay at 815. Who do we have, Speedy? It's definitively Chaz and Jonathan. We might have Wes. Okay, so we might have uh, Worldwide Wes on the show for the first time. He did tell me that uh, chefing is almost over, so he might be on every single week. So very excited if we can get Wes on the show. Week 9 NFL picks. We didn't really go over uh, any of the games last week. But again, uh, we will get into that maybe a little bit later in the show as well. 
All right, let's get into it. Uh, and I, I think the big story right now is Bob Knight passing away. And I, as a kid, respected Bob Knight because his pizzazz, his influence as a basketball coach, a college basketball coach, changed college basketball for the better. When you look at Coach K and you look at all the great coaches in college basketball history, every one of them said that Bob Knight transitioned the game, changed the game, and made them fall in love with the sport. Legendary college basketball coach Bob Knight passed away yesterday at the age of 83. Knight reportedly has had an illness since April and had been hospitalized for much of this year. Knight became the youngest coach at a Division I school in history when he started coaching in Army in 1965. Knight then coached Indiana from 1971 to 2000 and led them to five Final Fours, three national championships, and end an undefeated season in 1975 to 76, which is the only undefeated season in history. Knight finished his coaching career with 902 wins, sixth most in NCAA basketball history. Knight also coached Team USA in 1984 Olympics, winning the gold medal. Knight is one of only three coaches in basketball history to win an NIT title, an NCAA championship, and Olympic gold medal. Bob Knight was not only a guy that transitioned the game of basketball, he brought college basketball to the helm. And when you look at Bob Knight, he was the youngest coach in NCAA history in 1965, and he took over for Army. He took Army to that spot, took them to that height, which transitioned him to taking that Indiana job. And when he took that Indiana job, it changed everything for Indiana basketball. Indiana basketball became one of the best in college sports. And it, it really, that undefeated season in 1975 and 76 will never happen again. I don't know if we'll ever see an undefeated season. Maybe because you're not going to have to go through eight teams to win a national championship. He didn't have to do that in 1975 and 76. Now you have the tournament, uh, obviously March Madness. It's different. It's a different game. So when you go undefeated in a regular season, which I don't even remember the last team to do that. I think it, was it was Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky right? And it was Kentucky. Towns, yeah. yeah, and then they fell short. They fell short in the March Madness tournament. To look at what Bob, Bob Knight did, you can't look at statistics. You can't look at some of the championships that he's won, the NITs that he's played in, or even the Final Fours. What you see Bob Knight as a, as a coach, and, and, and I will say this, Bob Knight didn't believe on paying players. He was one of the, the coaches that absolutely was against it. Army guy makes sense. And there are a lot of coaches – over the years that have, I, I guess you could say, cheated. Bob Knight was not one of those coaches. He wasn't. He was never one of those coaches. As a matter of fact, over the years, even when he retired, when people were talking about, hey, have you ever thought about paying a player to come and play for you in the school or sneaking some money under the desk to help these kids and their families because they come from you know, families that don't have anything? And Bob Knight said, we give them a college education. That's what we give them. And that's all they should have. They can get a chance to help their families after they graduated after a four-year degree. 
When you look at Bob Knight and just specifics of what he has done for college basketball, his statistics speak for themselves. 902 wins. 902. How many coaches in NCAA history has had 902 or more wins? Only five more. Five coaches. And remember, Bob Knight, he retired because he had a lot of illness. He, right. he, was, he was sick. He wanted to coach even longer. There were other teams and other colleges that were offering him opportunities to take over their program. He decided not to take over those programs. And he, he wanted to retire as an Indiana Hoosier. I think even Kentucky before they hired Calipari was one of those teams. Absolutely. He wanted to retire as an Indiana Hoosier. And he changed college basketball because he told coaches, listen, if you're a great coach and you know how to build a program, you stay there and you build that program. Look at Bill, look at Bill Self right now. Yep. Look at him in Kansas. How long has he been in Kansas? Bill Self said, who does he, and I've, I've heard some inter- interviews when they w- went to the national championship, Bill Self sat down with ESPN and he said, who changed your life as a head coach? And he said, watching Bob Knight as a head coach, coaching the Indiana Hoosiers and staying with one team, working and building one program all those years, that changed everything for him. And and really, he didn't jump from Kansas. He didn't jump from one school, from one program to another program to another program. He helped build Kansas and the Jayhawks for the better. And that had a lot to do, Speedy, with Bill, yes, I've said it, with Bob Knight. Yeah, and you look at Indiana being called the state of basketball, too. The reason for that is Bob Knight. You look at Indiana just getting that national track record, the Hoosier State, Hoosiers basketball. He really grew that program. Army guy, Army mentality. Like like you said, the youngest coach in NCAA history. He was 24. He had finished just playing at Ohio State, then started coaching, and then coaching there forever, like you said, doing it the hard way, discipline. He had the antics on the court, which were great. All the passion. He threw the chairs around. He argued with the refs. He argued with security guards and all that stuff. It was fiery, and it was something that college basketball needed to really make it fun and grow the game the way they had it. I didn't get to see him in Indiana. I was too young, but I even saw him at Texas Tech the last three years of his coaching career when he was coaching there, too. He had that same level of passion even at an older age. One of the icons of college basketball, and he will never be able to be duplicated again. And like you said, I don't think that undefeated season will ever be duplicated again. If Kentucky couldn't do it, Gonzaga was pretty close. I don't think it'll ever happen again. And it's sad. It really is. It's a sad story. Yeah. But again, 83, it's a long-lasting life. I mean, to live to yeah. 83 years old and, and do the things that he has done as a college coach and as a basketball coach and helping men grow, that's something that you look at. Some Half of the kids that he obviously coached over the years. All of them, I'm sure, could say a lot of crazy things about Bob Knight, but always would say that he was a professional, and he he was what Indiana Hoosier basketball was. Mm-hmm. It, it, he transitioned the game, college basketball, and helped a lot of these kids grow, and not only education-wise, but as basketball players. So right. uh, it is a, it's sad to lose a great coach like that, and may he rest in peace. Yeah, and you look at the, the passion he has for the game as a whole. Even after he was coaching, he was doing studio analysis. He was, like you said, working with other coaches, too. He was working with other kids. And this is a guy that's worked with Army guys. He's worked with NBA players in the Olympics, like you were saying, too. And all levels of college in all phases of it, just really an impactful guide to the game of basketball, impactful guide to college basketball, the growth of the Big Ten, and a lot of these other power conferences, and he will definitely be lost. Rest in peace, Bob Knight. He will be missed. Packers general manager (laughs) said that he is unsure if Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. ESPN's Rob Domofsky 
added that despite the Packers giving Love his fifth-year option, they need more time to evaluate whether he is the long-term solution as the quarterback of the future for the Green Bay Packers. After starting 2-1, and one, the Packers have lost five straight games, and Love has just, four, has just four touchdowns and seven interceptions. The Packers wide receivers also have seventh... Uh, the seventh highest drop rate in the NFL, and the Packers have committed the most penalties per game in the NFL. The Packers' offense is 25th in yards per game, 21st in passing yards per game, 21st in points per game this season. Love has 1,492 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and a 57.7% completion percentage, and a 78.2 passer rating this season. Now, all of a sudden, Packer fans are throwing this kid out. I have read all over X or Twitter or whatever you call it, all the different sources of social media and everybody attacking this kid. Now they think that this kid is worthless. He's not the guy. For, for the beginning of the season, everybody said, oh, we don't need Aaron Rodgers. Get rid of him. We're happy to part ways with him. He didn't want to be here. Jordan wants to be here, and we have the quarterback of our future. Now, all of a sudden, we're, what, seven, eight games in the season. He hasn't really thrown that many touchdowns. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns, and now everybody's giving up on him, including the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. And I think it's shameful for this organization, yes, and I'll say it again, shameful of this organization to throw a kid under the bus after one year of quarterbacking and starting for a team that, yes, has had great quarterback plays. We, players. We all know. Bart Starr, I mentioned it, Brett Favre, and now you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers that decided to, to flee and go to the New York Jets. But to give up on a kid after one year is despicable. And I, I think it has a lot to do with Matt LaFleur. Everybody was crediting Matt LaFleur's offense. He's a great offensive corner. He knows how to run a good offense. He knows how to run a good offense because he had Aaron Rodgers. That's why. And he had guys like Nathaniel Hackett as his his offensive coordinator at the time where their offense was one of the best in the league. Now you look at Aaron Rodgers playing for the New York Jets, and he's injured with an Achilles tear, and he's out. He, he, he was injured within four plays this season. And everybody says, you know what? That's why we got rid of him. That's why we didn't want him anymore, because he's washed up and he's old. And he didn't have such a great season last year because he, he only threw 27 touchdowns, which led the conference in, four, in the NFC last year. Again, you can't really anticipate that kind of thing, too, because Aaron Rodgers came off this shoulder, shoulder injury in 2017. That's six years removed move from this trade, too. So to say that the Packers, oh, we were smart because we anticipated the injury. No, you didn't. And you're right. A lot of it is coaching. I I think Matt LaFleur has definitely regressed this year. Uh, Aaron Jones' injury didn't help, obviously, but still, I don't think he's really getting these receivers in the best position either. And Jordan Love, he's taking a lot of penalties himself, too. Delay of games, having a rush to call timeouts and stuff like that, too. And that's a bad thing for the Green Bay Packers as well. As far as the defense, their coaching, I think, is the absolute worst. Joe Barry, I was talking about with the Browns last year. They're wasting a lot of talent on that Packers defense, too. So you're right. I don't think it's entirely Jordan Love, but I also do think that while he does have good arm talent, there's other aspects of his game that have to grow. Coaching, accuracy, those are the two things you need most in today's NFL, and he does not have either one of those things right now in terms of coachability and just growing with these other guys on the field. I think also when you look at some of these players, I mean, 
Dylan has had has not had a good season. He has 266 yards. We haven't seen much of Jones. Aaron Jones, who's no. making a lot of money. He's making, what, $14 million a yep. year? What's going on with him? They haven't found themselves a number one wide receiver. I think Watkins is the guy. I think he could be a number one guy. But he can't stay healthy. He's been in a league for two years, and the kid's been fighting injury after injury. Is this going to go on moving forward? And that's the problem. When you get rid of a player, you lose a player like Devontae Adams. He flees. He goes to Vegas. And now you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers that didn't want to be there because they didn't want to give him wide receivers after Devontae Adams left. They they wanted him to play with rookies. And then going into the offseason and going into the draft, they decide, hey, you know what? We're going to draft two tight ends And after Aaron Rodgers flees and goes to the New York Jets. None of it makes sense. And we all know what we've heard about the, the, the organization as a whole with the GM and the president, how Aaron Rodgers couldn't stand anybody, anybody at the helm of the Green Bay Packers organization. And he loved the fans, and he, he was very upset. He wanted to stay with the Green Bay Packers, but ownership, well, it's not owned because it's owned by the fans. <laughs> it, was, it was the organization as a whole that just didn't want him to be there, and you can see it. And now he's look how happy Aaron Rodgers has been. He hasn't even played really this year, and you see him on the sidelines. He's smiling. He's happy. How many times has he been on an interview with the Pat McAfee show? And he says, "I have been more. Ha- I've never been so happy to be part of an organization that wants me here." That tells you what the Green Bay Packers treated him like when he was there and in Green Bay. And it wasn't the fans because the fans loved him. But now all of a sudden the fans turn on him. They, they, they oh, we don't we didn't need him. He's he's too old. We have Jordan Love. How many times have we heard on social media that Aaron Rodgers isn't the same Aaron Rodgers? Thank God oh, yeah, we parted lot. ways with a him. Lot. How many? How many people have we heard this from? Mm-hmm. And different writers. How many Green Bay Packer writers have we had on the show and said, you know what? I remember two of them and said that if if we if Aaron Rodgers decided to leave, it wouldn't hurt us. Yeah, and a couple of on Trey's show, of course, yes. too, that said that, and uh, they're going to probably be uh, regretting that statement now. And speaking of regretting statements, you look at. We were talking about it with Justin Fields earlier this season. We were talking about it with Kyler Murray last season. Baker Mayfield in the past, too, with the Browns. Like, There's statements that don't have to go public. You can think that way all you want. You can have your doubts with Jordan Love. I have my doubts with Jordan Love, and as you should with the way he's played this year, but that doesn't mean he's the only problem, and that doesn't mean you have to make him lose his confidence a lot more by saying this kind of thing in public because I know players are taught to like drown out the media and stuff like that, but stuff is going to get around on social media, too, and Jordan Love should know he has to grow his game as a whole, too. And doing this kind of thing is not going to help his confidence level whatsoever, especially with these other circumstances that the Packers are dealing with, too. And and putting pressure on this kid to win and try to find a way to win, you're going into another game this week against an, a Los Angeles Rams team that's playing decent football. Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback uh, than Jordan Love is. He knows he's going into a game where he's going to have a lot of pressure. You're playing at home. It could be very, very cold this weekend. I've heard it could snow this weekend, possibly. And it, you're not helping this kid grow. And and again, the selective amnesia that he has had over the last couple of weeks going into this game might come right forefront, right to his forefront with this team and this organization. Now, I, you look at Reed. Reed is playing decent football. He's had 20 receptions, 314 yards, and three touchdowns. But are you going to trust that Reed is going to be the guy moving forward? Because Watkins can't stay healthy, and he's been in and out of this lineup. He, you, I don't know when he's going to be in this lineup at full strength. So, it, to me, I would be worried if I was a Packer fan because there is no Jones, really. Dylan is your number one guy. And he's going to be gone at the end of the year, too. He's yep. a free agent. Yeah, and Jordan Love right now. 
I, he's he's been running the ball pretty well. If you if you ask me, Jordan Love has been better with his legs than he is with his throwing. Mm-hmm. So why aren't they moving the offense that way to Jordan Love? Maybe using some schemes where he can run the ball, move inside and out of the pocket, uh, play action kind of stuff. We haven't seen that. And that, that goes for Matt LaFleur, who everybody yeah. thinks is a genius as an offensive coordinator. What makes him a genius? Let me ask you a question for all you Jet fans out there. Did you think that Mike LaFleur was a genius as an offensive coordinator for the Jets last year or the last two seasons? No. As a matter of fact, he hurt Zach Wilson's growth. And now he's over there helping Matthew Stafford out. But you don't have to help a veteran quarterback that actually knows what he's doing. Yep. And you also look at the Packers, the way they built. Like you said, they drafted two tight ends. And that was very similar to what Matt LaFleur did with the Tennessee Titans in 2018. Because the Titans, besides Corey Davis, really didn't have much with their wide receivers. They had a lot of old guys that did not work. A lot of draft picks that busted. And they used the two tight ends and obviously Derrick Henry and that great offensive line to their advantage. So why are they not trying to do that if they know Watson's hurt? And Jaden Reed is good, but he's kind of up and down. Romeo Dobbs, same kind of thing. He's had his moments, but these aren't great receivers. You can use the tight ends more to your advantage, especially when Aaron Jones is hurt, too. Like, why are they running the ball so much as well? Why is your offense ranked 28th in the NFL when you have Matt LaFleur, the the genius he is, as an offensive Allegedly guy? genius. Yeah, well, that's what they say. How many... How many fans, how many analysts have we heard that Matt LaFleur is a genius? It's not going, it's, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. It was all about Matt LaFleur when you look at the numbers and, and the Green Bay Packers offense over the years. Oh, yeah, because he's one of the winning crock, coaches. What a crock of crap. Because okay? he's one of the winning coaches in this like great two-year sample or whatever. Aaron Rodgers was everything to that offense. No question that he was everything to that offense. So you sit here and you wonder. And by the way, their defense has played pretty well this year. Yep. It really has. It's ranked 11th in the league. Uh, but you, when you throw it, your passing is 25th in the league and your rushing is 27th and you're below the league average, you're not going to win that many games. And I'm, I'm sorry. Stop blaming the quarterback. It's not the quarterback's fault. How about find an offensive line that can protect the kid? Yep, and that's the other problem, too. They've had an injury-prone offensive line. They didn't want to develop enough depth with the rest of their draft picks, too. Outside of Elgin Jenkins, who they drafted a couple of years ago, that's been nice. The Packers have not committed any resources to the offensive line. They committed resources to defenses. And finally, they're doing so with the wide receivers a little bit with some second-round picks, like you said, Watson and Reed, but still not great. Not wide receivers, tight ends, because they drafted two tight ends this year, and both of them will play like crap. Yep. Again, you'll also look at the tight end usage. I think that could be better, too. If you want to utilize that more, like be more creative with that kind of thing. And that's something maybe the Packers have been reluctant with because they haven't really used tight ends much in recent years, too. They had that great year with Tunyon in 2020, but that was really it. Martellus Bennett, I guess, was fine the one year he was there in Green Bay as well. But still, this is not something that they're used to doing, but it's something that this organizational transition has to be ready for. And it seems like the Packers, in so many areas this year, have been blindsided with that. And now they're trying to have Jordan Love be a, the only scapegoat. I'm not saying Jordan Love has played great. I'm not saying that you have should have doubts of Jordan Love being the quarterback of the future, but to throw him individually under the bus looks bad. And where's the coaches? Where's the coaches protecting the quarterback? Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go up there, talk to the press, try to make sure that the fans understand that this kid is, this is his first full season. This is a rookie season for him because this is right. his first full season as a starting quarterback, taking over for one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Yes, you guys had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. 
being your quarterback for almost 18 years. And then all of a sudden, when he decided he didn't want to be there anymore because they didn't want to pay him or they didn't want to give him the players to play to play with and win with, hey, you know what? He didn't want to be there. And you see that the love fest that he has for the New York Jets because the Jets will do anything for Aaron to make him happy. And when you have a quarterback that good, ask Tom Brady, ask the Patriots over the years, you could say whatever you want. And I, I've taken shots at the Patriots. And the Patriots are one of those teams that every single year they had a different wide receiver except maybe once or twice. Uh, They had a different tight end. They had a different running game. But they did it right. They made sure that he had weapons and he had an offensive line that could protect him. And it was an offense that could be run through Tom Brady. Peyton Manning for the years, uh, all those years with Indianapolis, even with the Broncos, what did they do? They built an offensive line in front of him and they made sure he had weapons on the outside to throw to. Guys that can run his scheme, the Reggie Waynes of the world, the Marvin Harrisons of the world. Those were the guys that helped Peyton Manning do what he did best, and that was be a great quarterback. So I, I, I sit back. What have they done for Jordan Love? What did they do for Aaron Rodgers? How about this? What did they do for Brett Favre before he decided to ask his way out of there? Yeah, and you'll also look at the organizational, I guess, uh, the structure of it, too, because you, you talk about, we are talking about with the commanders, how dysfunctional they become, the Raiders, etc., and some of them is just their stubbornness, and maybe it just, oh, it worked this way before, so it's going to work again now with this kid. It doesn't always work that way, especially in football, too, that's shifting into more of a younger man's game. We talked about last week with, like, getting receivers to get help out these young quarterbacks right away. Maybe the Packers have to explore that now because they realize, all right, maybe Christian Watson isn't the number one type guy that we saw right away. These guys aren't being able to spread around. Jordan Love is a 58% completion percentage. That is not good, and a 78.2 passer rating. So maybe they get that guy, T. Higgins, Ayuk, etc., for Jordan Love to grow, grow moving forward. Pro Football Talks' Mike Florio says that since Josh Harris took over the commander's ownership, he has been looking to acquire Bill Belichick in a trade. Florio also added that Robert Kraft is, in theory, ready to move on from Bill Belichick. It was reported last week that the Patriots secretly gave Bill Belichick a multi-year contract extension in the offseason. There is belief across the league that Ron Rivera could be the next head coach to lose his job now that Josh McDaniels was fired by the Raiders. The commanders traded star defensive ends Montez Sweat and Chase Young at the trade deadline. Bill Belichick is 27 and 31 since Tom Brady left. And Ron Rivera is 25 and 32 and 1 in his time with the commanders. Both coaches have one playoff appearance. What do I say from this? Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a lot to say from this. Robert Kraft has had problems with Bill Belichick ever since Bill went to him and said that we're good with Tom Brady. Let's move on from the Tom Brady theory and let's move in with Jimmy Garoppolo. He really loved Jimmy Garoppolo when he drafted him. He fell to them in the second round. And Jimmy was the guy. Bill Belichick believed Jimmy was the guy of the future. And what happened? He, uh, Tom Brady and Robert Kraft sat down and spoke because Tom Brady was like Robert Kraft's son and said that, I believe I could play another five good years. I can win a couple more Super Bowls. I think Jimmy needs to go. And Bill Belichick did not want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And Robert Kraft practically told him, trade him or you're gone. I I don't know if that's fully true, but I believe something of those lines happened. And what happened? Robert Kraft 
and Bill Belichick agreed to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. Now, Bill Belichick's been there. They haven't won a Super Bowl since Tom Brady left. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa the first year he was traded there. He retires after two years, and he rides off into the sunset. And right now, Bill Belichick has a record of 27-31 and 31 since Tom Brady has left. The players that he has drafted over the last couple of years have not developed. I don't want to hear it from Jeff or anybody. They have not developed. I Maybe they're decent players. Maybe they're players that you can use in an offense or a defense in the future if you find yourself a quarterback. Since Tom Brady has been gone, you drafted Mac Jones at number 16. What was it, four years ago, three years ago? It hasn't worked out. Then you bring in guys, uh, you know, veteran guys to fill in certain specific, you know, positions to help out, and you know, defensive line help, offensive line help, running back help. It hasn't worked. It hasn't. And then you look at the team as a whole. You, you, you lose Josh McDaniels two years ago. He goes to the Raiders. It didn't work out there. And now you look at Josh McDaniels. He might never get a job or a head coaching job. because or should he? It hasn't worked. None of the coaches that have been a part of Bill Belichick's tree has ever worked. Yeah, except for Mike Rabel, who was a player. He wasn't really technically part of the coaching tree. But uh, he, he was. He, he did work on the sidelines for a little bit. But nevertheless, he wasn't really fully apart yeah, as an offensive and defensive yeah. coordinator over there for the New England Patriots. But every single coach that came from the Bill Belichick tree has failed as a head coach in the NFL. And that says a lot about Bill Belichick as a leader. I think Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches in professional sports history. And that has a lot to do by the way he drafted and find a found a quarterback of Tom Brady's talent. Tom Brady was a sixth-round draft pick. Nobody would have thought that Tom Brady was going to transition into one of the greatest quarterbacks, one of the top three, top two, and maybe even the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Nobody. And again, you also look at the situation for Washington, too. They've made a lot of the mistakes that Bill Belichick has avoided with the Patriots over the years, too. Washington always goes for these big, flashy free agents, and a lot of them, especially on defense, don't end up working. They always draft these wrong quarterbacks. Offensive line, they develop well. Wide receivers, they've developed well recently, but still has not been great. And Bill Belichick loves to micromanage everything. So in theory, it works perfectly. Josh Harris is flashy. He wants to make that kind of big, flashy move right away. But he also needs a guy that stabilizes it more, too. And let me ask you a question, Jeff, because I'm reading everything that you're posting, all these players that you're posting. You mentioned Gonzalez, and he looked really good before he got hurt, yes. and he's out for the season. Mm-hmm. You're talking about players that they're good. On paper, they have played very well. But have they played well as a team? That's the question. They haven't. What have they won? How many playoff series have they won since Tom Brady has left? Zero. Zero. So no matter how good the players are, no matter how good you know, Bill Belichick drafted these players and they're putting up numbers singly, it doesn't matter. So, yes, they have been busts. You look at the wide receivers that they have drafted over the years. Have they worked out? God. Have they worked out? No. And you want to know something? How the game of football is transitioned. They don't want to pay. You're one of those guys that believe they shouldn't pay running backs. And you keep mentioning running backs that have worked out for them and who they drafted. How about the wide receiving and the wide receivers that they've drafted? They have not worked out. And the game is transitioning. It's becoming a wide receiving tight end sport. Jeff, for the first time in almost three or four months. All right, let's let's do this Here because we go. the thing, Here we let's go. do this because the things you're saying 
mm. on its face mm-hmm. makes zero sense. Okay, let's go. Okay. Let's go. Here okay. we go. Uh, Uche's worked out. Duggar's worked out. Barmore's worked mm. out. Ramondre Stevenson's. And I'm just going with guys they drafted because um, uh, it's working with uh, old red sleeves there that got hurt too. The guy that led the league in sacks. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Speedy, help me out here. Sack guy. Judon. Judon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Matthew Judon. Sorry, I forgot. So he's brought in some guys that have worked. But mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson's worked. Bar- Barmore's worked. Anthony Jennings has worked. Uche's worked. And now your response to that was, well, individually, they put up stats. But they haven't won, so they're busts. Okay? That's what you said. Mm-hmm. So now let's apply it. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall is a bust. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Uh, all the guys the Jets drafted, they're all busts. Why? Because they haven't worked out. Absolutely. They're not winning with them. And until they start to win, it doesn't they're mean the, anything. Single statistics mean nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. You said it yourself. Oh, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time because he won seven Super Bowls. You said it yourself. You did. You said it. You said it. So if you, these guys are not going to help you win a Super Bowl, what makes them so great? Because of their statistics? Their they, single no, statistics? Individual play- first, first of all, they're not a good team because, quite frankly, and I called this, and you knew I called this, mm-hmm. with my visceral scream on draft night when they you drafted did. Mac Jones. Yes, you did. Right? He is – that dude's nickname should be Planned Parenthood. His game is an abortion. Wow. It's terrible. <laughs> Right? It's terrible. He's terrible. And by the way, you go, oh, they draft receivers. They don't work out. Uh, Pop Douglas looking pretty good. Jason <laughs> Boutte looking pretty good. Dude, you're laughing. Pop Douglas was the, uh, and, and, and no, not Bob. Bourne was the 11th ranked receiver in the league, according to PFF. And, mm-hmm. and Pop Douglas was 23, I think. And when you have 32 teams and you have two guys ranked in the top 25, that's pretty good. That's just even more of a failure on Mac Jones there, by the way. So guys they have drafted are working just because it doesn't fit your narrative and the, and the other things that are going on there, because the offensive line is atrocious, yeah. absolutely atrocious. But, and even with Gonzalez being hurt, who was rookie of the month in September, who shut down three of the biggest wide receivers in the league in his first three games in AJ Brown, Tyree kill, uh, who else was uh, Garrett Wilson did nothing. Yeah, Tyreek Hill was complimenting Wilson. him after the game, too. Right. He's been great. He got hurt. He'll be back. Individually, they are working. They still need, mm. they're still rebuilding. They still need more pieces. It's the offense that's atrocious. And, and, and you're bringing up wide receivers, they're, they're PFF guys, but your offense is ranked 23rd, your passing is Back. ranked 17th, your rushing is ranked 24th, you mentioned uh, Stevenson there, and all that other. You can't rush if your offensive line is terrible. Okay, and did who's... I, did I not just get done saying their offensive line is terrible? There's a lot of teams' offensive lines that are terrible, and they're still playing pretty good. Not even close to really? what New England's is. Not even close to what New England's is. Atrocious. Well, I, I I seemed to watch the New York Jets last week lose about two centers and had a third string that I never even heard of come from the practice we squad. Had, we haven't had one snap where our starting five. Do you know together. that the Jets brought in an XFL or a CFL guy this week because they couldn't fill in for a backup player for one of their guard positions? The offensive line is still miles ahead of where the Patriots. I don't is. know, man. I'm not. I'm not excited about going into this game when you when you bring in you're, you bring in a bunch of guys you never this, even heard. You're, you're trying to make this a competition. No, it isn't. It's not a competition. Draw, I'm just saying that the Jets line is worse. So I, it, it, the Patriots are good comparatively. Listen, no, 
listen, statistically, and we we could go. You said Brees Hall, yeah. I I look at Brees Hall until the Jets win with the team that they have. No matter how good Sauce Garner is, no matter how good DJ Reed is, I'm just saying, yeah, he's a bust. Yeah, because singly, I I don't care. You said it, and everybody says it. If you don't, if you can't win championships, you can't get into the playoffs. It don't matter how singly good you are. But those are all pieces to a winning team. Sauce Gardner is good, and Garrett Wilson is good. They're all pieces that you need. You guys are the Patriots are like a lot of other teams. They're looking for the finishing touches, even though the Patriots one is going to be much more difficult to come by because it's quarterback. And it's the same thing with the Jets quarterback. It's no, the same no, thing with you guys. Got it. Oh, you guys stop! No, Jeff. no, 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 no. But there'll be someone confident there next year. So, so just because. Aaron Rodgers' 2023 season highlights is just him running out of the tunnel with a flag. Doesn't mean he won't be there next year. <laughs> hey, listen, it was the highest watched Monday night football game in NFL history. He so at least he broke a re- paid player in NFL history per snap this year. <laughs> That's probably he got, he no, got it's definitely snaps. right. That's probably yeah, true. Yeah. He got, yeah, he got five snaps. Two running plays, four two snaps. passes, and four his snaps. Achilles. No <laughs> wow. That's that's messed up, man. That's really messed right, up. Can we talk about something else? Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that there's a correlation between the unvaccinated and, and snapping your Achilles? Boy, Kirk Cousins went down like a sack of potatoes, didn't he? <laughs> Yes, I'm sure every unvaccinated player is going to hurt their Achilles. All the all the unvaxxed like to come out with conspiracy theories. Do you remember when Demar Hamlin really died and it was just a body double because the vaccine killed him? Remember all that? Maybe oh yeah. You should do one of these reverse conspiracy theories where the unvaccinated now have weak Achilles. Oh boy, yeah, that conspiracy theory was probably the worst one. I've and seen. I, I, I'll tell you this: so I, I saw Travis Kelsey when they played the Jets on Sunday Night Football, and you, there was like a back and forth banter between uh, Kelsey and Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. All of a sudden, they're they're talking, they're laughing, and they're giggling. That was to me. They're they're just trying to sell whatever they're doing. That's what I believe. That it's all about profit, and and it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. It's all about selling something. Kelsey only jumped on that commercial because he's making money. He's getting paid to go on that commercial. But also, also you wouldn't be endorsing a product that you didn't really believe. I I would say, I would say so, yes. I mean, but we've seen... Like, like, look, if you you drink Pepsi and you do a commercial for Coke, that is what it is. It's all soda, right? But I wouldn't see Aaron Rodgers, who has his... And he's entitled to his beliefs. I'm not making fun of them. But he's so firmly held with those beliefs, he's not going to do a vaccine commercial for the money. He will turn it down. He's one of very few that probably would turn something like that down. Okay? There's not many guys in the league that would come out and say, vaccination is something that I don't believe in, I will never do it, and I am so against it. He he was one of the only people, and people took shots at him. How many people, Jeff, were taking mean, shots? Mean, meanwhile, everyone's been vaccinated out the ass with everything, right? Because mm-hmm. to go to public school, you need to be vaccinated with, like, measles and mumps and all yeah, these yep, other things. Right. So everyone to go, I'm anti-vax. It's bullshit. Everyone's filled with it anyways. Mm-hmm. And you might be right. And, and But Aaron Rodgers has his might own be, Because if you went to a public school, you are. And I, I think what you're saying, and I, going back to, and I, I would say this with the Patriots, the season is not over for the New England Patriots. I no, still no, don't. No, I want it to be over. Please, God, let it over. I only want one more win, and that's just against the Jets, to get to a nice round number of 16 wins in a row. Because <laughs> well, we're at 15 now. I want to just get to sweep 16. 
It'll be fun. Why? And why do you want to lose all the games? Do you want? Are you looking for a quarterback in this coming draft? I want Drake May. You want Drake May. And do you think – where would the Patriots right now, if the season were to end, where would they be drafted? I think they were I think seventh. Like four. I thought they were like fourth. Do you have you do you have an inside? Are they that interested in Drake May? Uh, well, so first of all, uh, let's cover our bases here. Who did you hear Edelman was retiring from first? Who I I heard it from you, right? And how long before he announced his retirement did you hear it? They're drafting fifth if the season ended. Yeah, okay, well. Yeah, it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. But even so, they could tr- – look, not everyone that's going to be drafting that high is going to need a quarterback either. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the – I'm not so sure the Bears need a quarterback. I believe in Bajan. <laughs> Bajan? Really, Jeff? That's where you're going to go? <laughs> Dude, laugh if you want. He's been pretty good for only – for a rookie. He that played well against the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Mayonnaise Boy, he looked good the other night. I'm looking mayonnaise forward to seeing boy. him tonight. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was no, he was fantastic in his first game. That's what I'm saying. Just remember who was like, I would take him over Anthony Richardson. Well, I, I think everyone was on this, I, on, this, I, on this group. The only two quarterbacks that I liked in this draft, and you know this, Jeff, was C.J. Stroud and Will Levis. I, I've said this. Dude, I'm the only one that when you did mock drafts took C.J. Stroud number one. That yes, you did. A hundred percent you did. But Carolina is a dummy. But again, I took Bryce Young because I heard that Bryce Young was going number one. That's the only reason why I, I took it. I, I took C.J. Stroud because I knew it was a better pick than that little Lucky Charms leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> Homeboy should be back in the hollow tree baking cookies with the rest of the Keeblers. Oh God! <laughs> Is Kyler Murray going to join him? <laughs> Kyler Murray, future Atlanta Falcon. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> so, what makes you want Drake May over Knicks and all the other quarterbacks that are going to be available this year? He's the only one that plays in. A, if you look at all the quarterbacks, they only throw screen passes. Mm-hmm. Not Drake May. Drake May pushes the ball down the field and has a strong arm. And I'm not so – Caleb Williams might have all the talent in the world. What a piss-poor attitude. And he's also doing – if you kind of pay attention to what he's doing, it's ironic that they came from the same school. He's doing what Sam Darnold did because Sam Darnold had that terrific sophomore year where he lit the world on fire and it was like, oh, my God, Sam Darnold. And then the next year, he threw like a 1,000 interceptions. Mm. That's what Caleb Williams is currently doing. With a hard pack 12 se- schedule coming up, so <clears> – <throat> Yeah, and they're not good. Like, they're I, not good. I think Caleb Williams is a lot more talented than Sam Darnold is. And and and, and again, Sam Darnold going into you know going into college, he was a top ranked player. I mean, he was they like all a, were. Caleb Williams was Caleb, one no, he's, he was he, he was a three. Well, for, first of all, Caleb Williams was a three star recruit. Sam Darnold was a four star recruit. So I mean, that's different. That, when you're jumping from three but, to four, that's a different. You, when you look at this year's class. Who throws the ball? Who who throws the ball downfield? Bo Nix basically just throws screen passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not crazy about him either for the NFL. Michael Penix. By the way, my homeboy coach Michael Penix here. He's a Tampa Bay Tech kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he basically just throws screen passes. He's like they throw screens until the screens stop working, and then they chuck it down the field. I think Penix does well with his intermediate throws, though. I think that'll help him at the NFL level when that comes right, in. Right, but have you, seen, have you seen the eggs he's laid against terrible teams like I, Arizona I know. State? I know. I, it's the, Washington, the last two years, has definitely played down to a lot of Pac-12 teams Buddy, this I year. I had the over in that game, and they scored like 15 combined points. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with you when it comes to college football and looking at players because you've been on on certain players, but you've been wrong on certain players too. Like who? <laughs> There's a player right now in Arizona that you thought you were so sure of, weren't you? He's been awesome. He's the only one they kept that's worth a damn. <laughs> and he had an uh, interception in the very first game this year. Picked it off, led them to victory. What's up? Think about Dallas. Think about that for a second. He's the only. They got a new coach. He's the only one they kept, and he was playing out of position. If you look at the guys they got rid of, every one of them was playing out of position. They have put Zabin Collins back into position. He's thriving this year, and he's the only one they kept. Come on now. I'm not a big Zabin Collins fan. I I, well, I really you want me to be wrong. No, that's nothing well. to do with it. I mean, Zabin Collins has played in how many games this year? All of them. He's played in all of them. He only has three and a half sacks, and he's only he's only sat he's only tackled thirteen times solo by himself. He has one interception right. that was in the first game of the season, but he has really done nothing. I've seen Kaiser White on the field the most of those lines. Yeah, I, I haven't he's seen him pretty well. He's playing pretty well, man. Just stats don't always show. I know, no, especially know. for linebackers, they can be deceiving. Right. Yeah. And generally, by the way, the people with the most tackles on the team, generally, not all the time, but generally are the weakest players on your team. Like, if you're a cornerback and you have the most tackles, it's probably yeah, that's really because bad. every quarterback thinks you're weak and they keep throwing at Usually you. Usually, sure. on, on every single team, the te- the player that has the most tackle is, is your best linebacker. That's what usually it is. If, if it's your corner, that means you're not tackling enough in the middle. It's usually linebackers. I mean, right now, who leads the Jets in tackles? C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams. Uh, so uh, those those are for the Jets. I mean, and they're right, both but, linebackers. But, but you know? why doesn't Sauce Gardner get any tackles? Like, get any tackles? Because nobody and throws to him. And, and it's not a reflection of him being a bad player. It's because he doesn't have the opportunity because the ball is never near him. Yeah, nobody right. throws to him. So and that, and that happened with right. Darrell Rivas. So if you have the most tackles, it's because people are attacking you. Well, not necessarily. If you're a linebacker, you're all over the place, right? Uh, you linebackers, could you could be, but the best linebackers they run away from. If you can cover, yes. Mm-hmm. If you're a good coverage linebacker, that, right. that'll happen. So, so just you're... say yes, Speedy. So just say yes and agree. You don't need to give the soliloquy. <laughs> you said yes. Just end it. No, there. I was just I was just gonna take a shot at Blake Martinez. If you can't cover like Blake Martinez could never do with the Giants, then that's um... a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, but generally, if you have the most tackles, it's because people are attacking you. No, yeah, a lot of the league leaders in tackles, unless you were like Patrick <laughs> Willis or Luke Keekley over the years, like a lot of them were like safeties that were like just right. tackling because the guys be really got first good. downs already. Some of them can be really exceptional players. There is no doubt like that they're going to put up the numbers. That's not always the case. Right. And I, I mean, look, is Luke Donald's not uh, – not, uh, uh, Luke Donald, Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I went golfer there. I have no idea why. Uh, Aaron Donald isn't putting up crazy numbers anymore. Why? Because he's getting triple teamed. Is that is that because he's not good? If no. You look on the paper no. in the stats, is he no good anymore? I mean, Quinn, no. Quinn and Williams got a lot of money this offseason. He had, what, 12 and a half sacks last year. He was the best defensive lineman, I think, in the league. And then what happens? This year, he's not getting enough. He's not getting much. Why? Because Why? they're jamming him up the middle. That's what they're doing. They're, they're... Right. So, so this is what happened. This is what drives me mad when you go, well, look at the numbers, because that's what dummies do. Real people open their eyeballs 
and watch the football game. Well, for defensive players, it could definitely be deceiving with those positions, too. I think linebackers and safeties especially because of that, but you look at the numbers more with the edge rushers, like a pressure rate or a quarterback pressure. Numbers do like stand that. out, Jeff. I mean, not all the time, but they do stand out. And They, they can, but they're not an indicator of the impact on a football game. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. And and here's the other thing, because you're like, oh, it's just not working out with the Patriots. The Patriots still have a top 10 defense in the league missing their best corner and their best uh, edge rusher. Oh, hold on. They're not a top 10 defense. Okay? I think they are. They're 17th right now in the league. Are they? They're 17th. I mean, they had been really, really good through the first five or six weeks. Hey, that listen, Raiders game brought listen, up. listen. With, with even even with losing those players, it's ranked seventeenth. They lost two or three really good defensive players in that defense. They're still ranked seventeenth. That's still pretty high. They're still playing pretty good football. But still, looking at Dude, what they they've done the over Jets. the last couple of years, when they played the Jets and beat the Jets. They played the Jets with Dude. zero cornerbacks. Dude, anybody could beat the Jets with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. Except okay? for the Giants. I don't, I don't want to hear it. He was the best cornerback quarterback in his draft. <laughs> oh, and you're back to that now. <laughs> Honestly, I, I and I'll even I'll go I'll go at it with Trevor Lawrence. I don't think any of those quarterbacks have really transitioned in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is good, but is he become the player that we thought he was going to be? No. He really I, hasn't been. No, no, no. I think Trevor Lawrence is really going to be good. He got off to a rough start because of the coach that he had in that whole situation. I think he's getting better. And yes, I still think he's, he's really getting better. Good, I still think he's a really good quarterback. Yes. And I'm and I'm not going to give up on Justin Fields just yet. I, I definitely will. a nightmare yeah. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I think whoever – and I, I believe Chicago is going to draft, if they're the number one pick, if they get Carolina's number one pick or whoever, they're drafting Caleb Williams. There's no question. So they're going to have to move Justin Fields. Whoever decides that they're going to take a chance with Justin Fields might get themselves a gem because you're not going to have to give them much. I'd, I'd be willing to bet you Arizona's getting the number, number one pick, I think. Really? Well, not, just because, not because of record. But if you go back to last year, they made the, the trade with the Texans and they got and the Texans moved up to get uh, Willie Anderson and some of those. Yes. They have so much draft capital. My guess would be, and it's a guess, don't if it's wrong, don't be you're so wrong. You're the one who does that. I do right. not do that. You're right. the one. I, my guess would be that Arizona's gonna move uh Kyla Murray to Atlanta and that they would move up to number one and take Caleb Williams. Do you think Kyla Murray decides to go and play baseball? Because there are stories no, coming because, out. No, because he wouldn't make any money. Mm. Well, he he did get offered as a as as a draftee. Oh, I think eight million dollars. Yeah. Okay, eight million dollars. So let's. Dig how many how many players that were drafted gets eight million dollars right off the bat? Yeah, um, all of them that are drafted that high. Sorry for you. <laughs> you know, Mark Appel got it. He's not. He didn't play any baseball either. Really, everyone's getting it that high. Paul Skeens just got more than that. Oh yeah. Andy's well, now it's. Drive. I mean, obviously with the CBA and and now the way they're changing the league, yeah, there's more money to it's be made. Not, it wasn't that long ago. It was like three years ago. Longer than that. Ago. Right. But one of the one like of the reasons they had ago. to change the, the MLB. One of the things the MLB lockout changed a lot was five years ago, Jeff. It was like leaders. five right. six years ago. Right. Great. Five years ago. So let's dig into. There the was a new CBA, Jeff. Right. Let's dig into the earlonomics of this situation. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, 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 we got to do this because it's Erlenomics and it all makes sense. <sighs> Could he go play baseball, Speedy? Speedy, I'm going to give you a contract for your $8 million. Come mm. play baseball. But you got to mm. give up your 250 you just got. Erlenomics. 
Let me ask you a question, Jeff, because you you like to take shots at everything I say, and I I never it's simple math. No, it's would not you, simple would you math. Two hundred and fifty million for eight. First of all, I I don't know if it's guaranteed or not. It's not football contracts are not guaranteed. Are, okay, is they? Are they? Then? Hold on, Speedy, go look at his guarantee. Was it one hundred and twenty-five? He already got paid the guaranteed money, didn't he? No, guaranteed's paid out. Um, uh, in increments. In increments. Yeah. I didn't know that because I thought you usually get a significant a boatload of that. No, 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 no. That would be a signing bonus. Oh, okay. So signing bonus is up front, but you'd get so much of it guaranteed over so many. Years. So you think Kyler Murray, if he becomes available, he would probably be traded to Atlanta? What is Atlanta going think, to trade? I don't. Well, because Atlanta, Atlanta's built to win now, and they have the salary cap space to. They're going to have to give up a first round draft pick for Kyler Murray. Not necessarily. They could give up like a second or a third. It's, I can't see look that. At the, 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 I mean, you, you say you can't see it, but look at the precedent that was set with the Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford deal. Mm-hmm. For L.A. to get Stafford, they had to give Detroit draft picks. Two first rounds. As well as, as, well as take on Jared uh, uh, for unloading Jared Goff's salary. Mm-hmm. They also they gave up they gave up uh, two first round draft picks a third round and I think they gave up a player a good player too yeah right. Brockers at the yes. time yeah I think they right. caught now that's, but still right. it was good so yeah. that's what it would be that's that's kind of what it would be right for Atlanta Atlanta absorbing that salary they're not going to give up as much no they'll have to give up a first round draft pick that's what they're going to have to give up for Kyler Murray a franchise be, I don't quarterback even know if it would be that high. Kyler Murray has been successful in the league. He didn't look good last year. I, I don't know what's going on with him mentally because he he, he hasn't speaks. been successful. He's a bust. No, he's not a bust. He is because why he did hasn't he get two hundred? No, yeah, th- that's true. He hasn't won anything. He lost his only game that he was in the playoffs, and everybody was throwing him under the bus. Right, they blamed him. Underhand, they underhand, blamed underhand, him underhand because the team played like crap in that game. They were the favorites of winning that game. Yes, they were favored to win that game, and the Rams, who by the way won the Super Bowl that year, I tortured him in, in that game. And everybody blamed it on him. And then going into the next year, everybody was like, oh, is he good? Is he not? And then, then he started talking into a third person, and he put himself in harm's way, and then he got hurt. So you can't you can't yell every time I call someone a bust. I'm just playing by your rules. I'm just I'm not yelling. Bust. I'm just saying I I again I I look at him right now. If, you, if you're going to make a trade and you're going to get a franchise quarterback, you're going to have to give up a first-round draft pick. He is not still ne- not a, necess- he's still not a good quarterback. Because that contract is so high and the, the salary cap hit is so high, you might give up less to absorb something like that. I just I cannot see the Arizona Cardinals giving up Kyler Murray for a second-round or a third-round draft pick. I can't I'll see tell it. You it could happen. I can't see. Yes, it. snug to answer your question. He did get hurt on a non-contact. Play. Yes, he did. What's going on with this connection here? I don't know. Is it you? Well, there he is. Hasta la vista, dude. Jeffrey. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> it sounded like you were underwater there for a minute. I don't know. I, I, maybe it was you. Maybe you are under the water. I are you in the pool? How? What, right. what is the weather out there right now? I don't know. It's like sixty-five. I think. Oh, I know you don't like that weather. No, it's all right. Just not too much colder. So you're right. not, but you're like, not swimming. But this is, but this is the thing. I believe that's what I believe. I believe. And look, I was wrong with Connor Bedard. I thought he was going to end up in Arizona with Austin Matthews. That mm-hmm. didn't happen, mm-hmm. right? But I believe Kyle Murray will be a Falcon. They have the space to absorb his contract, and they are built to win now. They have all the pieces: mm. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, 
uh, if they use him properly. I think that's where Justin Fields is going to go. Yeah, it's possible. That's where I think Justin Fields is going to go. Atlanta. Fits there. Says Kyler well, Murray hold on for a Dak second. Prescott straight up. He doesn't fit there. I mean, I don't think. I don't think. No, I don't think he fits there. They're built to win now. Kyler Murray has proven that he can at least win better than Justin Fields. Well, just, we don't know what does, Justin Fields is because they never built anything around him. They gave him well, nothing. But, that, but that's the. But that's the problem. You can't go from Taylor Heineke to worse than Taylor Heineke. <laughs> I think that. What we've seen with Atlanta this year, they they gave themselves Bijan Robinson, and I I think you you put Bijan Robinson with Justin Fields in the backfield. I mean, who's going to stop them offensively? Who's going to stop them? And well, they, it's about everybody because right now Justin Fields is basically like he, he's Desmond you're not Ritter, gonna, but you're not, not working there either. Well, he's better than Desmond Ritter, and and I think I think he is. I absolutely think he is. It's a shame what, what Chicago is doing to this kid. It really is. And he's forcing his way back on the field because he, he feels that if he doesn't, he's going to lose his job to this kid right, so who nobody has ever heard of. Me, so you're telling me right now you think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray? I didn't say that. I didn't say oh, that. He's well, cheaper. He's going to be cheaper. He will be cheaper. You will not have to give up a, a first-round draft pick for Justin Fields. But if you want to win, who's proven to win? Kyler Murray hasn't won anything. Okay, no, 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 but right, right, but he's proven that he's t- he, first of all, he did a really good job. He with, did with Cliff Kingsbury. Yes, they he went did. From like a one win team to I, did they win 11 games that one year? Yeah, they won a lot of games. They won, they won, uh, not his rookie year. I think they won six, but they were pesky. No, I think right, the second they year they were eight and eight. Team. They should have made the playoffs. They collapsed. And then the third year they won 11. Right, right, right. But they g- gradually got better every year with Kyle Murray, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. haven't seen any of that out of Justin Fields. And so the answer has got to be Kyle Murray because. Justin Fields, you can go, oh, he can be cheaper, but he'll only be cheaper for one year, and then you got to give him a contract. Yeah, well, what is he? What is Justin Fields going on? Is this his fourth? This is year? his third year. This is his third year. So, right. So next year would be fourth, fourth. and then you have to eat, exercise the option, which right. is the average of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. So right. he'd be getting thirty-five or forty million or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so it would basically put him on Kyler's pay scale anyway. And I could, I could see Chicago just getting rid of him for a fourth round draft pick. I could see Justin Fields being traded right, for a but, fourth. Right, but what I'm saying is, you only get one cheap year of Justin Fields, and then he's basically on the same pay scale as as Kyler Murray. Let me ask you so a question. Why would you, so why would you skip through the guessing on whether Justin Fields will develop? Because you don't know what Kyler Murray is going to be after tearing his ACL. I it's mean, the, the amount guy, of years too. But, but, like you can give Kyla up on him Murray, quicker. Kyler Murray case. is five foot nine or five foot ten. He's really, really small, and he his speed is what really transitioned his game in the NFL. Now, I actually think he might have a better arm than Justin Fields too. I don't think so. No, I accurate. He's good. more accurate. He's definitely more accurate. I don't know about better arm. Too. I think Justin Field has a better arm than him. I, I just think he's more. Essentially, accurate. pay him the same. Wouldn't you want the better player? I don't know if he's the better player because I don't know what he's going to be coming back. Could you imagine they just I mean, traded Dobbs? ACL, it's not an Achilles at forty years old, right? No, no so I understand, but also he his game is predicated on his running ability, right? That's what he that's what he does. He moves you inside another pocket, play you know, action. But even but even running backs have come back very quickly from no the question. Brees Hall, right? So the yeah. running, yeah, Brees Hall just had it, and and he's running just fine. Yes. But that's a running back, not a quarterback, standing in the pocket. Dude, you just he's said, small. He's small, right, dude. You you said, have to, but his game is predicated on running. What yes. do you think a running back's game is predicated on walking? Yes, but here, here's <laughs> you're an idiot. What I'm saying is <laughs> so stupid. 
No, no, no. Do you know why you think it's stupid? It's because you're hearing what everyone else is hearing. You go, well, his game's predicated on running. Running, but he's a he's a small quarterback. Has ever run. Again, he's a small quarterback, and you see, I think Russell Wilson's had a really, really good year. But he has he had to transition his game. He had to stand in the pocket. What? I'm sorry. Watch Russell Wilson's trash. He's had a pretty good year, dude. Have you? That dude's nickname should be the Raccoon. It's not. It's not Russell. It's not Russell Wilson's fault that his team stinks around him. It's not his fault. They don't, though, because everyone wanted Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and all those receivers. Oh, uh, well, well. Uh, Cortland Sutton hasn't been good since his injury, and Jerry Judy, to me, I believe is a bust. I don't care what PFF or whatever says. Or are they bust because Russell Wilson can't throw anymore? He could throw, dude. I don't know why you think he can't. How how do how well did he do last year? Dude, he has sixteen touchdowns and four interceptions. He has a sixty six point one completion percentage, and he's I thrown almost seventeen hundred yards. Thinks he's washed up. I say he's washed up too. Who says that? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll don't want you. You stink. <laughs> go go take pictures for album covers with your. Right dumb now, books. the Broncos passing is fourth in the league. Fourth. All right, their offense is ranked fifth. You're going to tell me Russell Wilson is trash? Their offense is fifth. Is fifth I, in the league. I, that's stunning. Fifth that's in the league. because they are terrible. They're, they're fifth in the league. I'm, go look it up. They're fifth in the league right now. Well, that's a sad state of offense in the NFL if that's a fifth-ranked offense. Oh, Holy crap. Well, yeah, nobody said there was a great offensive year all around. Whatever. Nevertheless, I, 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 I'm bringing up Russell Wilson because if you look right now and you look at Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are kind of the same type of quarterback. Am I right? Am I right? A, a, a little bit, but Russ can't run anymore. No, he can't. And Ru- Russ never hurt his knee. When either. Russ was good, he could move like Kylo Murray. Not as good, but kind of like Kylo Murray. I think Kylo Murray's like a faster Russell version of yeah, like prime Russell that's Wilson, that's right? A good, that's a good analogy. Right? But we also have to see how Kyla Murray comes back running, right. too. But that's not guaranteed that he can't either. Run, he stinks. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe he tore his ACL, too, because he's walking. <laughs> Snook says, I can't wait to see Jets walking backs next <laughs> week. Yeah, the walking back. Once you tear your ACL, you the can't have a game back. predicated on running anymore. <laughs> Before you know it, the Jets will have zombies coming up. <laughs> maybe, maybe Zach Wilson will complete passes to them next. But when you hear what you said back to you, you, see, you hear how foolish that sounds, right? Foolish what sounds? Oh, well, you can't have a game predicated on running. No, what I'm saying is that when you have a quarterback that uses his, you know, uses his legs a lot, and now you tear your ACL, and you 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 could still throw the ball, you're still an accurate quarterback, but the size difference. Kyler Murray had problems throwing the ball his third year because of the uh, the offensive lineman. How many He's times? Did, how many times? Fine. How many times did we see him throw throw the ball and it hit one of his linemen in the head? And how many people? That's a height issue. That's not because. But that's he but that, have a good But why ACL? would you want that? Why would you take a chance and pay a guy two hundred thirty million dollars when you could pay? You could trade for Justin Fields for a fourth round draft pick. It's a hit or miss with him. You're right. You're wrong. You draft somebody. That's because, what. That's what you do. Even, because even the Jets have been doing it forever. Hit. Because even when the throws hit their offensive lineman in the back of the head, it's still better than watching Justin Fields overthrow DJ Moore by 20 yards. Well, I don't know. Before he got hurt, DJ Moore looked pretty damn good with Justin Fields because they were figuring things. Except for this week when I needed him to help me beat you, but that didn't happen. No, don't you know? I don't know. I'm, I'm right there in second place. He has like I know. one crazy game, and that's it. Otherwise, 
it's been te- he can't even find DJ Moore. That's how bad it is. Re- hey, Speedy, remember when we were on the fantasy and when I drafted my team and I was ranked as an F? They ranked me as an F, and, yeah, and the beef was like, ah, you were ranked as an F. I said, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Is the, uh, <laughs> I wonder if the beef is still in last place. <laughs> no, he is uh, Yeah, but I'm oh. taking Kyle Murray eight days a week over Justin Fields right now. I'm going to take Justin Fields. I don't know what Kyler Murray is. I have to see when he comes no, back this year. It's an ACL injury. It's not that big a deal. All right, well, we'll see when he Tom comes Brady back in with Arizona. Had an ACL Dude, Tom, don't, don't compare Kyler Murray to Tom Brady, please. Don't. I, I don't want to Wait, hear it because they're not dude, the same. Almost everyone's had an ACL injury. It's not as big of a deal as you think anymore. Okay. We will see. I, I it's don't. It's not a thirty-nine-year-old guy tearing his Achilles after. Four. I understand what you're saying, Jeff, but again, I want to see what Kyler Murray does when he comes back in the next two weeks. He's still on the pup list. Everybody says he was practicing all week. Could he come off the pup list this week? I don't. Know how long? How long do you have to wait before he comes he off? Was the cleared pup to list? practice last week, so he, yeah, he yeah. he's so eligible to play. Practice. I don't think he will play this week, from what I've heard, but maybe next week. But he's but definitely he, coming back. He, they no, traded Dobbs. Right, but he has to be activated. Mm-hmm. He has to. Mm-hmm. It's either because once you once you start practicing again, it's a two week window. Right. Uh, so they have to activate you, and if they don't activate you after that two week window, you miss the rest of the season. Right, which is why I don't think he's going to play this week. But they activated him last week, so I'm sure the deadline for that would have to be. They traded Dobbs, so they knew Kyler Murray was coming back. They would have never no, but traded that's him. That's it. If they activated mm-hmm. him last week, that's it. Yeah. So maybe he comes back this week. Maybe he does. He has to. Yeah, it, it's also why they traded Dobbs hmm. because he's probably playing this week. That's what I thought, but then I'm here. I see. I still see him on the pup list. I, I don't know why he's still there. So yeah, maybe they figure they don't want a chance any quarterback pup. against the Browns defense this week anyway. So they'll bring him back next week. I don't know. They'll just throw no, their seventh round rookie into the fire or whatever. Dude, he's listed on the pup list because he's still technically on pup until they. Right, activate you to the roster. Oh, right, you can yeah. you can be one. They activate you to the practice squad. Boom, mm. you're on. You're practicing again. So now you have two weeks to go to the roster, or you're done for the year. So you're not technically off the pup list. Mm. That's why he's still listed there. And again, they're going to probably play it out the rest of the week too. I, I just think maybe they don't want to rush him back on the Browns that get a lot of hits on the quarterback. I hope they do shelve him because it'll actually give them leverage to trade him in the off season. And secretly, just not for nothing, I'd also like to see what Clayton Toon has. Yes, well, he again, he might have to start this week because if Murray's not ready, we'll see. Clayton Toon from? Houston. Houston, there you go, Speedy. <laughs> Who's the coach of Houston? That I don't remember. Dana Holgerson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you friends with him? <laughs> no. No, definitely not. <laughs> Jeff, thank you for calling, man. Uh... <laughs> Jeff from Tampa, the three-month return. I, I'll tell been. you this. I, I'll, I'll say this. I do love the kid. He he is funny, and he's got a personality. He knows what he's talking about. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but some of the outlandish, crazy things that come out of his mouth, it's ridiculous. Oh, we're going to use walking backs all season. I now. do. I, I'll admit it. Everybody that everybody would, would understand, I do like Jeff. It's not that I hate Jeff. Everybody thinks that I can't stand him. How many people have sent me messages, oh, Bring Jeff back. Bring Jeff back. First of all, Jeff was allowed to come back on the, the, the feed like three, four weeks ago. I, I Speedy released him. I love when he comes on the show. We go back and forth. He makes some quality points, and he's crazy. I, I like crazy people. 
But he, again, I don't hate the kid or hate the guy. He's not a kid. I hate. I don't hate the guy. So I, for anybody that thinks that I do, I don't. I just sometimes he irks me and he pisses me off. And I can't take it sometimes. That's just my opinion. I, you don't have to like my opinions. Whatever. I could care less anyway. So, <laughs> ah, Tyreek Hill told Brandon Marshall on that uh, on the I Am Athlete podcast that he <laughs> never wanted to leave Kansas City. Hill said both the Dolphins and the Jets were willing to offer more guaranteed money than the Chiefs did. And that forced his hand. Hill will face the Chiefs this week for the first time, saying they are all going to get the work wherever. Hill also told his teammates on defense, just find Kelsey. Kelsey has 57 catches for 583 yards and four touchdowns this season. Hill has 61 catches for 1,014 yards, eight touchdowns this season, and is on pace for the to be the first wide receiver in NFL history to have 2,000 yards in a season. And he's probably going to break that this year. I think he will, too. He's on on the pace. Last year, I think he had 16 or 1,700 yep. yards. He was right behind Jefferson. He was not like a 50, 60 yards behind Jefferson's record-setting year. I, I think w- when you look at this story, and, and, and to me, I think Tyreek Hill has been everything the Dolphins expected him to be. They paid him a lot of money. He's the leading. He, right now, he leads the league in almost every single wide receiver statistic. Mm-hmm. And he's also the highest paid wide receiver in football. So it, we, we saw the Devontae Adams contract, and everybody was like questioning why the Raiders would give him that kind of money. But now you see the game is transitioning into a wide receiving league. And, and because of the statistics and, and the yardage and how these quarterbacks are just tossing the ball down the field, now these wide receivers believe that they should be getting quarterback money. And you're seeing it. I believe that one way or another, you're going to see a quarterback, I mean, you're going to see a wide receiver make about $40 million a year. And that, I think, is going to be Justin Jefferson because of what he can do on the field, how he changes the game. And Tyreek Hill is one of those guys. Tyreek Hill did come out and say that he's only playing another two years in the NFL, and then he's going to retire. After this year, he's only going to play two more years. So no matter what, even if, let's say, the Jets decided to take him, <laughs> The Jets wouldn't be happy to hear, and I, if I were the Dolphins, I wouldn't be happy to hear that my star wide receiver is only 28 years old, who's explosive, and he's one of the most explosive players in the league, is coming out and saying on a podcast that, you know what, no matter how good or how many championships I win in the next two to three years, I'm going to retire. That tells you that he's not dedicated to the game, or he's not dedicated to the money that he's making from the organization that paid him. Yeah, and you definitely see Tyreek Hill definitely be on brand for saying a lot of these things. He seems like he was taking shots at the Chiefs a lot last year or two, that look at the year I'm having, and you before they started getting it going offensively, they, they were like, oh, you miss me now, you miss me now kind of thing, and now you're seeing the Chiefs definitely do it in light too. Now, Tyreek Hill has also been somebody that doesn't always stand by everything he says either. He'll say something and then take it back, like he said with Tua. Now he thinks Tua is going to be the MVP of the league instead of me. So who knows what he's going to say. I'm curious to see what the retirement thing down the road. That is very interesting because you're right. He hasn't lost a step yet either. But not surprising for someone like Tyreek Hill to get shots at the Chiefs. I don't know how he can walk away from more money if somebody, Same. especially if he's having such a great season in his final final year of his Definitely. contract. Yeah. I can't see him walking away from that. If, if he's 31 years old and the Dolphins or some other team says, listen, I'll pay you $42 million a year if you sign a two-year deal with me. Okay? Would he 
pass up $42 million a year? Right. I don't think I would. I don't either. And if he's putting up these numbers, but by the way, he was an Andy Refine. I think he was a six-round draft pick. Yeah. He was found, and a lot of the reasons why he wasn't drafted, because he was a punt returner. That's what he was. He wasn't expected to be a wide receiver in a league. He, he was a special teams guy. He really transitioned when they needed to fill in that wide receiving position in Kansas City when they lost a wide receiver for the season. Right, and they also had, remember, they had the longest drought in NFL history of a wide receiver not catching a touchdown either until Jeremy Macklin did it in 2015. Yes, and Jeremy Macklin came from who? The Taylor. Eagles. Yep. So, and that's Andy's, Andy Reid's team. So, mm-hmm. you look at uh, the the position that the Dolphins are in now. If they can knock off the Kansas City Chiefs, which, by the way, I believe they will this week. I, I really do. I don't care where they're playing. If they played in Kansas City, Miami, or Germany, I think that the Dolphins are a better team than Kansas City. I I don't trust that Kansas City is as good as everybody believed they were going to be this year. I don't think their wide receiving is as good as everybody expected this year because they were younger. And Travis Kelsey came out before the season said and said that we have more depth and we have more talent at the wide receiving position than we ever had, which I think was ridiculous because even last year, you had Juju, you had uh, you had Hardman. Now you do have Hardman back, but is Hardman the same player because he was benched by the Jets? He never really had a chance to prove himself and 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 actually get you know his his game under him. So I, I think Hardman's starting really from the back burner because he didn't have much of a preseason because he missed a lot of the games because he wasn't he wasn't healthy. The Jets brought him in at the end. Of, what was it during the preseason? A seven million dollar contract and he right. barely played. Yeah, I think the only one that's been and he hasn't played a lot either because the Chiefs are still very rotational. Rasheed Rice, their rookie second-round pick, has looked pretty good so far. But even his overall numbers probably look like we were talking about before with the Packers and Jaden Reed. Like, they're not flashy, flashy numbers. Mm. I think also with this story is is it's obviously Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill. These guys are good friends. They're talk, they're going to talk crap before the, the game because – Everybody knows Tyree Kill loves to be the center of attention. He's on every single podcast. He has his own podcast. He has a lot of things to say. And I listen, that's who he is. That's his personality. Travis Kelsey has his own podcast, which is him and his brother has the number New Heights is yeah. like has the number one podcast right now in America. And they're drawing. Uh, I've heard that they're going to get a contract at the end of this year uh, from New Heights worth about eighty or. $60 million. I mean, wow. they're going to make more money doing the podcast than they are as a, as professional football players. Yeah, to think that Travis Kelsey with the tight end contracts now are going to be like badly underpaid. Well, they were trying to figure something out when they retire on how they can make more money and sure. how they can stay in the game. And now I think they found it. I, I think Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey have found it. I believe one of these organizations like ESPN or CBS, one of these guys, one of these these organizations are going to decide, hey, you know what? We bring new heights in. We're going to bring in a significant fan base, and that's going to bring in more endorsements and more advertisements. And I believe by the time Travis Kelsey – how much years does Travis Kelsey have left? I mean, he's 33, 34 years old. And and Jason Kelsey's, what, 36, I think he is? So Kelsey was going to retire last year. He decided to come back this year because he didn't know what they were going to do. Now – uh, now all of a sudden uh, they're doing some kind of farm over there uh, upstate. I, I don't I don't know exactly where it is. And and also 
I've heard that after they decided to figure out how they can really bring football together as one, they started New Heights, what was it, a year and a half ago, two years ago, and it's become the number one podcast in the country. So I believe that's where they're going to sway to, and I think they're going to make a lot of money doing that. Yeah, and you look at the Tyreek Hill, what he said as well with the retirement, too. He was trying to pursue something in gaming, too, which has also gotten very big, too. But you also wonder, too, like Jason and Travis Kelsey doing this now, if Tyreek Hill could even do that while he's still playing, too. And that's why I don't think he was, is going to retire. And that's why, I, like I said, I don't not trust everything he says, too. And who said, who knows if Miami does not, uh, they, they can't sign him down the road, too, or they do other things. Maybe he ends up going back to the Chiefs, but he's also taking shots at the Chiefs at the same time, but also said he didn't want to leave. So it's very interesting what he's saying, but Tyreek Hill has never been a man of his word keeping everything because he changes his mind very so often just to stir up, stir up controversy. Oh, that's, that's a lot of players in the NFL. They like to stir up some controversy. But again, when you look at the Chiefs and you look at this game, I think it's wide open. But And I think it'll be a fun game. It'll be an offense-to-offense type of game. But I, I think that the Dolphins are going to prove themselves. I think they're the beast of the East. I really do. I think the Dolphins' offense is the best in the NFL right now. They are. I really do. I think it's as good as any offense we've seen in the last two years. And I know everybody keeps saying, well, the, Kel- the, the Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes offense last year was pretty damn good. And so was the Eagles. I think that this offense is even more explosive. I oh, yeah. really do. I think that they can run the ball at Chan when he gets back into this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be – he's been very explosive when he is in the offense, and they have Mostert, and then you have Tyreek Hill. Waddle hasn't even breaking out yet. No. You know, so when he breaks out, he watch out for this team. This team, they're explosive. And their offensive line is actually better than everybody thought and, and anything that anybody thought there was going to be. Especially without Armstead. They still played very yes, well. They have. Four weeks that he's been hurt. I think he's hurt again now, so they have to ro- rotate everybody around. Really, the only uh, one that was expected to be that good was their first-round pick, Austin Jackson. That's mm-hmm. really been it. They've been on a lot of moving pieces since then, a lot of late-round picks that they've patched work, and obviously all the motion in that offense helps a lot, too. All right, uh, who do we have for Let's Parlay? Looks like in? just Wes is in right now. We just have Wes, 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 worldwide Wes. Mm-hmm. Who's, who else is coming on? Uh, it's Chaz said uh, Johnny was supposed to come in. Is Chaz coming on? I'm trying to find that out right now. But uh, right now, Wes is the only one in the feed at the moment. Well, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, to the Texas Rangers for winning their first World Series in over 60 years. Uh, They were an expansion team in the 60s. I remember all those years with Nolan Ryan, all those years that remember the back-to-back years with Washington going to a World Series and couldn't get over the hump. And now finally they they got over the hump and they they made the right move in the offseason this year and bringing in Bruce Bochi. Bochi really transitioned this team, changed this team for the better. And everybody keeps talking about some of the players that they brought in in the offseason and even the offseason before that. And a lot of people questioning the Simeon move a couple of years ago because he really has he didn't really produce his first year and then this year it really completely transitioned because I think Bruce Bochi brought it out to, of the team. Some of these youngsters that they brought up, uh, they moved to the bullpen. They had one of the best bullpens in, in baseball. And then their starting rotation. You bring in Jordan Montgomery at the trade deadline. And then you bring in Nathan Avaldi in free agency. They did everything right this offseason. Everything worked for them. And now you look at guys like Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Avaldi. Not only did they win another World... Well, Montgomery wins his first World Series. He didn't win one with the Yankees. Um, Nathan Avaldi wins, I think, his second World Series. Yep. He won one with the Red Sox. 
Now these guys are free agents, and they're going to make themselves a lot of money this offseason because there are going to be teams that are going to want playoff-bound pitchers. Montgomery this year proved again. He was, I believe, the Yankees' best playoff pitcher the couple of years that he was pitching in the playoffs for the Yankees. And now you have Nathan Avaldi. He proved himself with the Red Sox. He's proved himself now with the Texas Rangers. This guy is going to make a lot of money. And by the way, he wanted to be a Yankee in the offseason. He came out and said that he, he, he was hoping that the Yankees were going to bring him in in free agency. They didn't. Maybe the Yankees this offseason bring him in. And by the way, I read a story today that the Yankees are close to signing Yamamoto, by the way. Really? Yes. I read a story today that the Yankees are the lead to get Yamamoto now. Hmm. So I don't know how true it was. I read I read one story and then I read another story to kind of that kind of kind of contradicted it, but I have this feeling that the Yankees will do whatever it takes to get Yamamoto. I think he was their number one target in the offseason. I think their plan is that bringing Yamamoto, if they lose Garrett Cole in the offseason next year when he opts out of his contract, because if he has another side, if he wins the Cy Young this year, which quite possibly could happen, I think he should. If he wins the Cy Young this year, next year, even if he has a decent season, he is absolutely absolutely going to opt out of that contract. He'll be 33 next year, and he could get an extension for three or four years worth about $43, 44000000 million. Just like you, you said it, Speedy. Oh, yeah, Mr. Two, two Eyes. Mr. Two Eyes, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander. And so, uh, Garrett Cole's a lot more deserving of that. And he's going to get it. I think the Yankees will not extend him. If he opts out of the contract, the Yankees will absolutely be happy about it because then they can invest their money if they make a trade for Juan Soto and Yamamoto. And then you can move Yamamoto as your number one guy. Or Rodon. If Rodon pitches better next year, which I believe he will, you can make Rodon as your number one guy right. and Yamamoto your number two guy. So yeah. I think that's the Yankees' plan. And I, that's what the Yankees are hoping. But we'll see. I, I do believe the Yankees are going to get Yamamoto. I'm reading, I read a story today, and, and a, a lot of the story makes a lot of sense. So I, I do believe that in the next week, week and a half, we're going to hear that uh, the Yankees are closing in on Yamamoto. Right, and before we get Let's Parlay on quickly, I just want to mention Bruce Brochi's process definitely working, too. And I think that gives them leeway to get rid of those types of guys, too. Like, they could find other veteran pitchers that could work, but they have that kind of system because Bruce Bochy's so good with these veteran pitchers, being creative with that kind of thing to make that kind of thing work where they're not going to have to spend as much money because they already spent a lot on Seager and He Simeon. did wonders for San Francisco, and he even did wonders in 98 with the Padres. Uh, he was a part, he was one of the coaches. He was, I think he was the manager on that team. He was the manager, yep. He it was, was the, the largest gap between the most recent and their first World Series. I remember manager. that World yeah. Series. They got killed by the Yankees. Uh, they had Ken Caminiti. Remember that? Yeah, and I think they were a wild card team. Too, yes, so they were. kind of a surprise. I remember yeah. that, and Hoff man in that team, uh, they had Tony Gwynn, remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they fell short. The Yankees absolutely de- demolished them. They swept them, I think it was. So yeah. it was a long time ago. I mean, the Yankees, I, you go back in the time that the Yankees were dominant. Uh, I haven't seen the Yankees that dominant. Or I don't know, I don't even think we'll ever see a team that dominant in, in a sport ever again. So when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we have the boys, we have World Wide West, we have Chazzy, we have Reno Johnny. Yes, let's parlay here on the Sports Loudmouth. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth. Six three one. 
672-3108. You're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Um, by the way, uh, Evaldi isn't a free agent. He signed a two-year deal. I, I did not know that. Very interesting. But uh, I, he's probably going to uh, want more money after this year. So, uh, And how old is Nathan Evaldi, Speedy? You can look that up. I believe. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the country. All you have to do to check out the Sports Loudmouth or any of the shows on the network, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m., by the way, the Sports Loudmouth, go to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. I thought Nathan Evaldi only signed a one-year deal. I thought I, I thought he did too, but I guess maybe they extended it or something. Mm. I don't know. I, I did not know that he is thirty three years old. He's thirty three, so one year, and he's pitched so well. And how many Tommy Johns has he had? Mm-hmm. I think two, it, <coughs> two of them. Right? Two right at the beginning of his career, yeah, with Miami. We have our very special segment. If you guys like handicapping, these guys are the best in the country. We call this segment "Let's Parlay." Parlay. For Let's Parlay. World Wide West is back, ladies and gentlemen. We have Chaz. We have Reno Johnny. Wes, what's up, man? Hello. Good day. <laughs> Hello. Good day. Um, are you having a good day with the Kansas City Chiefs right now? You know, it, the Chiefs do this. They they are they are experienced enough to where they're playing for the playoffs. I'm scared to death of what's going to happen in Germany. Uh, I think. You know, the line is a little weird, but I, I was listening to you earlier. And, and you know, as a Chiefs fan, I, I have the same fear. Too many drop balls from the wide receiver position. Too much uncertainty figuring out who to throw it to. Surprisingly, for the Chiefs, the defense is not a question mark. Miami will be the biggest test of the year going up against an offense like that because they can get you so many different ways. A left-handed quarterback. That that's that's difficult for defense too because they roll out a little bit differently. The ball spins a little bit differently, so it's it's a big game. And and this is essentially a a a conference number one mm-hmm. on the line, mm-hmm. at least for where we stand to date. You know, it's so interesting because the division obviously they're running away with. It, it seems like it. I mean, the Chargers are not a good team. I thought they were going to be better defensively. Uh, the Broncos uh, surprised everybody. Now I can go off. Uh, the Chiefs last week, but I, I just think that was a fluke. But And then we all know what the Raiders are. The Raiders are pretty much have given up the season after getting rid of Josh McDaniels. Uh, they were giving up the season when they decided to bring Josh McDaniels back. So I, I think that the division is won by them. Now it's just about uh, you're going to be the number one seed, number two seed, or the number three seed. That's where they're at right now. So I agree with you. If, if I was a Kansas City Chiefs fan and I've watched them in the last couple of weeks, I would be worried. I don't think their offense is as good as it was last year. I think they have a lot of question marks going in. And now after the trade trade deadline is over, they didn't bring any wide receiving help for them. And, and I know they brought in Cole Hardman, but is Hardman going to be the guy that's going to be the game changer? I don't know. So I would be worried if I was a Chiefs fan. They, they have too many gimmick receivers and not a number one. Even last year. They, they, Juju was their number one, regardless of what he is in the league. He was a defined number one, and they knew that MVS was the number two option. And then the rest of the guys were kind of gimmicky. They got Tony, who's gimmicky. They got Hardman, who's a jet sweep gimmicky kind of kind of receiver. 
And, you know, it looks, I, I agree with Petey, it looks very much like they want Rice to be the number one, and he looks like he could be. But mm. um, the, the Chiefs, you got to throw last week out the window. They, right. they don't win them all. They're going to lose four games, maybe five games. That's, you know, most of the top teams do. And who do they lose to? The division. I mean, it, it, usually. And Denver needed to win against somebody. <laughs> Did they ever. Anyways, uh, so what we'll do, we'll go – Wes, we'll go John, and then we'll go Chaz. As you guys know, you give us your top three, and then you give us your final pick for your parlay. You guys ready? All right. Here we go. Wes, give us your first. I will not bore everybody with the CFL, but it is CFL playoffs this week. (laughs) I I, uh, 69.4% is the record, and it is documented, but – uh, a lot of these teams have not played meaningful football because they were very top-heavy. So I'm not going to throw a, a, a potentially losing CFL pick out there. I love the college lineup this weekend. I think there's a lot of statement games, but I think that there's a lot of disrespectful point spreads. So the, the first one I'm going to do is North Texas against UTSA. There was a point either last year or two years ago where UTSA had won every single game against the spread. Uh, they covered every single spread. They don't have the same roster, but statistically, North Texas is better than them in every single category, both offense and defense. Uh, North Texas is a top 10 offense in total combined yardage, rushing and and passing. And they got a quarterback that's 19 touchdowns to one interception, and uh, they're playing at home. And I, I, I like that, and I like the fact that I, I think that they can win the game outright, but I'm going to take seven and a half points North Texas to a dog that is a way better football team. All right, Mr. Johnny, give us your first pick. Um, yeah. Oh, I want to make a point. The last time I was on this show, um, <laughs> I think my record for that week was three and one. We yes, yes, it was. games with the Georgia Bulldogs. I lost that game, but I won the Niners game. I want to say my last time I was on here, I was three and one, not two and two. Yeah, you mentioned that last time. Housekeep. Okay, I didn't know if I. I've been on. It's been a while for me. Um, I'm actually gonna go to the NFL, and I'm gonna go to Germany, and I'm gonna fade the Chiefs. Um, Look, I think the Chiefs are still a good team. They're a playoff team. They're probably they're still a Super Bowl contender in my mind. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes back there, they're gonna be fine. Um, A little worrisome the last couple, two of the last three weeks with the way they've been unable to score in the red zone. And I look at this Dolphins team with kind of a point to make. This is a team that really hasn't won in the last two seasons, really hasn't won against a team that's been above 500. You look at their record, I think they, I think they have one win in the last two years, a team above 500. Every other team, they're beating up on the Giants. They're beating up on the bad teams in the league. This is kind of that team where you kind of get the the Chiefs off a bad game, and it's not like necessarily a bounce back. It's a little weird situation where they gotta go to Germany, so they're not like it's not like a loss to the Broncos and they get back home on a bounce back spot. It's a loss to the Broncos, and now you gotta go to Germany and, and try to bounce back. That's kind of a tough situation. Uh, I like the Broncos' offense. I' a little scared with what their line can do, and if any pressure with you know with the Chiefs can kind of uh, limit that. But I think we are gonna have a big game from Tyreek Hill. Um, it's one of those things where Tyreek Hill, I think, is is I don't really know if he left in a bad way, but it, it, the way he's been talking is it wasn't a very amicable divorce. And so 
I expect him to kind of get out there and, and try to put a hurting on this Chiefs secondary, which I believe they can. Uh, I'm plus two to me is a little weird. I'm actually just going to take the money line, get a plus 115, 120 in that kind of range. Uh, but I think the Dolphins can win this game out in Germany. Uh, early kick for, you know, 830 Eastern, I think, or I think it's 930 Eastern, 830 my, my local time here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the Dolphins here at the plus prize on the money line. All right, Chaz, give us your first draw. Hey, uh, Wes, what was the line in the North Texas game? It's seven or seven and a half, no matter where you get it. I got the seven and a half. My first play is was made early. It's Breeders' Cup week, so this is like uh, the last little bit of football stuff that I'm talking about it because <laughs> I'm into it. And I think, Wes, I already have my future play. I'm looking at the juvenile as we speak. But I um, before the announcement that we all knew was coming, I took the under in the Giants-Raiders game. <laughs> there you go. All right, Wes, give us your second pick. So I'm going to go to the NFL, and I'm going to I'm going to just uh, ride Chaz's coattails for a second. Uh, I have a rule. I have a lot of rules in handicapping. Yes, I will say of all the guys I talk with, he is the most strict with his rules on himself. So I have a rule that when a team fires their head coach, better. And so I feel that the Raiders, and I'm not going to make any friends in New York with this, so I apologize to you guys. I'm actually but, thinking the same way as you. though. But I think that the roster for the Raiders is just dying to have any form of motivation. They hate, they hate the coach. It's a better roster than the Giants, hands down. They're just dying to go out there and play without that jerk face on the sideline. And one and a half is almost a money line. So I like the Raiders even before the coach firing. The coach firing is just new energy into that building. And so I'm laying one and a half. I'm taking the Raiders. And I don't even think it's within a touchdown. I have a question on that play. Uh, even with Jimmy G being benched? Even with Jimmy G being benched, because you you got to remember, they still have what we we could argue is a top five wide receiver in this game. We also could argue that they have a top five, top ten at 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 worst running back. You got some. You have Crosby on defense, who's been an animal all season without anything to show for it in the standings. So and, we, don't, we don't have to argue, Wes, that the Giants scored their last touchdown in the first quarter, November twentieth of twenty twenty two. And you also don't have to argue that you have Evan Neal matched up with Max Crosby. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Johnny, give us your second draw. Uh, yeah, we're actually going to go to uh, a smaller conference here. James Madison, number 23 on the road. Uh, they're 8-0. You know, they, they cracked 25 last week. Uh, won that game pretty handily. I actually faded them. Uh, a lot of defense early. Uh, they're going to go to Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State's a team that plays really well at home. I think they're Georgia State, Georgia Southern, actually, both of them. If you look at the road home splits, ATS, kind of kind of borderline crazy. Uh, Georgia State's going to get five and a half. It's kind of that dead number. If you can get six, if you can buy it at a cheap price of six. But I think they're going to be well within this number. It's kind of a, uh, I guess, not a let, I would say a letdown spot, right? Georgia State is six and two. Not a 
crazy home field advantage, but I think it's going to be just enough to kind of stay within this number. Uh, James Madison's defense is really, really good, but sometimes their offense has struggled. I think Georgia State can keep up as far as scoring-wise with James Madison, keep this kind of close. I think they're alive. Uh, as underdogs to win the game outright. They're a good squad at 6-2, facing undefeated number 23, James Madison. Give me Georgia State, plus 5.5. And, and, uh, again, they're locked to win the game outright. All right, Chaz, give us your second. You know, I want to mention one thing, and that's that whole how you bet versus who you bet. And both of these two guys are very knowledgeable, so uh, I'm talking most uh, other people that aren't as knowledgeable. But last week, I was 7-1 and on the show. We only talk about the game where I went 3-1. and But I swept the board in the first half, and that was a 14 3 times 4 round robin. And it brought a lot of money in for a little bit of money. So I was very thankful that you had me on because I may not have made the bets if I wasn't here. <laughs> but one of those plays was uh, we talked about Detroit and Dallas at home, and they're two different teams. Jonathan just mentioned it with, uh, with the college game. I'm going with Philly. The bet against Dallas on the road. All right. All right, Wes, give us your third draw. Yeah, so there's there's a lot going on here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lay four points and take Alabama at home. I, I think Alabama is sitting exactly where they want to sit. They're not in the playoff rankings. They're not on that screen where they show one through six. Uh, and and really, this game is almost they win this game and they've almost locked in their spot in the in in the SEC championship game. And we've seen this movie before where we're done talking about Bama. They have a capable quarterback. We all know they got the goat on the sideline coaching. Uh, they have five stars all over the field. LSU gets to go to Alabama at night. I think Brian Kelly is nothing. I mean, I, I really do. I think he should have stayed at Notre Dame. Um, I, I, I just think he's – I'm going to stop there because uh, I don't know the man personally. But um, but laying three and a half points, Alabama at home in a spot where they win this game, all they need to do is go to that SEC – I mean, they'll sleepwalk through the, the remainder of the schedule. And then all they need to do is go to the SEC championship game. They'll probably show up to that game ranked in the top six because, um, you know, we're looking at Washington, USC. Something's going to happen this week. We're looking at the team up north against Ohio State. Something's going to happen when those two teams play each other prior to that SEC championship. And Saban knows how to do this. I think that it's going to be a touchdown. Uh, I think that it'll probably be close for a little bit. And Bama does this thing in the fourth quarter where, you know, it's within two points, three points in these big games. They smother. They they run for two yards, run for two, and then boom, they're running back, bust one. And then on the following play, there's an interception. And then, so I, I really, really like Bama in this spot. My only reservation is that there's there's 63% of the tickets are coming in on Bama. West. And the line did move, but nonetheless, Bama minus three and a half. Wes, you could now add cheating team up north. You know, I don't want to go there because I think that, you know, my Buckeyes got a little little too much credit for, for their resume. I mean, this was a resume ranking this week. It, it really, they're not the best team in the country. I, I'm, I bleed Buckeyes, and I will tell you they're not the best team in the country. They can be if they if they handle their business. I just don't trust their quarter. Everything else, I mean, they've got some weapons on the outside. They can run the ball. And their offensive line, they're going to have at least one or two guys getting drafted either in the first round or the second round, early second round. So they're good. Ohio State has got a lot of good weapons. And offensively, even defensively, they got some good players too. They're, they're pissed. 
that's what they are right now is they're pissed and you can see it in the way they're playing. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Johnny, give us your third pick. I'm going to go with a couple things here. First off, um, <clears throat> every team copies signs. Every every team every team in the freaking country does it. If you don't want that to happen, put a, put a damn headset in the helmets. Not a big deal. Put a headset in the helmets. It won't happen. Every team does it. Don't, don't, no, as long as you're not there with a video camera, which is what you, which, what the, the arbitrary line, every team does it. A high stake does it. Well, they also, they, they do game. frown on trash cans too, Jonathan. Don't forget that. But again, it's all about technology utilized. The technology utilized. If, if you're not using the technology, you're going in with a pen and paper, do it, right? Uh, the other thing is too, like, uh, Brian Kelly's nothing. Look, the guy's won everywhere he's gone. And with probably, you could argue, with least talent. Grand Valley State, Central Michigan, right? And he goes to Notre Dame, takes Notre Dame, which historically for the last 30 years has not been good until Brian Kelly got there. And he's also recruiting in a, at a school where, while other schools are starting to kind of lay down their their their, their, their academics, you know, uh, practices Notre Dame is not you still gotta get grades you still gotta go to school you gotta get highest test scores to get into the school no matter who you are and the fact that he's been able to keep doing that and I mean Marcus Freeman hats off to him because he was able to keep a lot of the guys that he was recruiting I think he's a winner LSU defense <laughs> terrible he gets a little different from Brian Kelly because typically we get a lot of good defenses from him He's got he's got work to do there. And here's my and, we'll get you in the ring. Game. We'll and have Brian Kelly as the referee for you guys. Okay. Just want to do a southern I accent. I think he's a great coach. Uh, and then my other can he is, can he can he referee with his family? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and this is a you know I, I will say this first and foremost. I'm, I'm, as a Cowboy fan, I absolutely hate the fans. I think I, I bet, rarely ever do I bet on the Cowboys because they're one of the most frustrating teams to bet on. They're a team that beats up on the little guy. The fans get crazy and they get stomped by the Niners, right, by 32 points in prime time. I never bet on the Cowboys. I actually hate to bet on the Cowboys. They're one of the worst teams to bet on. <laughs> I just think getting plus three, and when I look at these two teams, I don't think the Eagles are as great as we Look, they probably, arguably, should have lost both games to the Commanders. Both. They were down the entire game uh, you know, against the Commanders just last week, and they were able to squeak out uh, almost by, by, by 14 points. They barely win that game. They play close at home to the Commanders. A couple times, they just haven't looked sharp. They lose to the Jets, who, again, no offense to speak of in New York, right? They I would agree with really you. They shut him down. I look at this, this game as I think the Cowboys can absolutely cause havoc. Micah Parsons, if you look at what he's done when he's played against the Eagles, he's actually created a lot of trouble for Jalen Hurts. This is the first matchup. Remember, last year, both matchups uh, – Jalen Hurts was able to beat the Cowboys pretty handily without Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott returned the favor without Jalen Hurts. This is the first time in a couple years where both these teams have been really, really good, right? And they're facing off against each other. I think the Cowboys at the plus threes to play, they're probably live on the money line. I'm looking at the more recent form. Cowboys have been in better form than the Eagles have been. And I, you could argue that the competition really has been kind of similar. Cowboys have just worked, have, have basically steamrolled their competition. Eagles have kind of won their comp, beat their competition. 
two different things. Give me the Cowboys at plus three. I hate doing it because I, I really the worst team to bet on ever. <laughs> All right, Chaz, give us Stem- your Oh, third his comments pick. are making my Philly pick feel even better. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there are teams that are like that, you know, they, they, you, you, and that's why they're dead to us. We have teams that are dead to us. All right, finally, uh, last year, I remember I had like $220, for me is a lot of money, in parlays that were live to the Cincinnati-Buffalo game. Remember, it was a big game. It was it was, it was was Sunday night or Monday night. I think it was a Monday night. I don't remember. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, the kid's heart went out and the rest of the world kind of spun around for a little bit. Uh, I'm coming right back with Cincinnati. All right. Wes, give us your fourth and your parlay, my friend. Yeah, so being from Chicago, this is a hard game for me to pick because, you know, you bet on your team, you know. But, but I, I'm taking the eight and a half points and I'm taking the Bears. I don't know where, I don't know where New Orleans points are, are going to come from. Uh, the Bears, surprisingly, are are uh, top five in in rush defense. I'm sorry, they're they're yeah, they're top five in rush defense and they're top ten in in rushing the ball. And if you watch that Charger game last week, the Bears were a couple catches away from really being in that game. There was just a lot of drop balls, but I think they're getting better quarterback play than they were out of Justin Fields. Uh, that's not a bad defense. They don't have a bad receiving core. And I'm not saying that they win the game outright, and I know I know that it's in New Orleans, but New Orleans is not really scoring points this year. And I like taking points in as many as possible in games where, uh, you know, more than a touchdown. So I, I think the Bears coming off a loss where they very well could have been in that game, it should have been a lot closer. So I'm taking eight and a half points, and I'm, I'm taking the Bears. I think I think they got a shot. All right, Reno Johnny, give us your parlay. Absolutely. So, and just so you know, I'm going to dip out right after I got a game. I gotta yeah, go I got to. you. Um, Coach. So, it, look, at the end of the day, I, it kind of, I feel cheap giving this out, but I, I not, I don't feel that bad. I took the Bengals, uh, but I took them on Monday, like probably around 2 p.m. So, like way before even the Monday night football game, I already laid it with the Bengals. I got minus 115 on the money line. That's gone. That's not, you're not even near that ballpark. I think it's minus 150 now. It was minus one when I put it in. I think it, it skyrocketed to three. I had a feeling that it was going to move. Um, I did give it out to some of my clients. So what my thing was, put it in now. Because um, I knew, you know, a lot of bettors, what they do is they don't really bet ahead of time. They'll wait five for the, you know, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, start getting their bets in. I had a feeling it was going to move. And I think the Bengals are playing a much better brand of football. There was a couple things in the first couple weeks where their offense wasn't moving. Part of that, I think uh, we, we can all agree Joe Burrow wasn't healthy. Uh, he wasn't able to kind of get move around the pocket a little bit to kind of create a half second extra to get the ball to Jamar Chase. I think he's a lot healthier now. The offense is really clicking on all cylinders. And I look at the Bills as not a great team. I actually had them to win the Super Bowl. Uh, this year, that doesn't look great for me. I, I think that we can definitely tell the Brian Dable effect has gone into to, to Josh Allen. The first year without Brian Dable, he kind of started reverting back to some turnovers. The second year, he's still kind of he, throwing a lot of balls that you really shouldn't, especially for what he's a six year, seven, probably fifth year, six year guy now. That you know, that's kind of like rookie mistakes that he's making. Brian Dable really limited that without him. 
you've kind of seen old Josh Allen kind of making plays he shouldn't or try to attempt plays he shouldn't. And he's also not running the ball as well. And if you look at if you look at his numbers, what makes Josh Allen successful is his ability to get outside the pocket and create with his legs. He ran a touch under, a touch, sorry, a touch over 11 times a game last year. He's at a touch under four this year. And that's kind of where you can tell the offensive production's real way down with him. I think the Bengals here are the much better football team. They're playing at home. It's in prime time. Give me the Bengals to win the game. Again, I got minus 115, but if you have minus 150, lay the juice there. Take it out, guys. See you later. See you we know Johnny. Coach Johnny, my friends. All right. Chaz. Yeah, so I got four picks and two of them have involved the New York teams. That was nothing to do with planning. That's just there was – I had to come up with a fourth game – I had done in the NFL. I didn't really get to the college because of the Reader, uh, Breeders' Cup. And it was hard. It was, there's some ugly games out there. So I ended up going with the Chargers because I'm really batting against the Jets. <laughs> Thank you, Chaz. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, betting against the Jets normally works out okay. We've yeah. always said if you find yourself a, a good mush, just a yeah. good losing loser, that's yeah. better than trying to find a winner. So who will screw up know, worse, Zach was... Wilson or Brandon Staley? Say that again? <laughs> who will screw that up worse, true. Zach Wilson or Brandon Staley? Oh, yeah, here you go. I know. And I it's, think it's, it's, you I know, predict the, Zach. the world of NFL quarterbacks in the last two, three weeks, you know, there's only 32 teams. We've always said there's just not a lot of good quarterbacks. And there's been, what, 45, 50 quarterbacks, I think, that, that have started a game this year for NFL teams. It's just crazy. It's but, crazy, um, yeah. Wes, I don't think you run. I was telling him my son is, is still live in his survivor pool. I and, am too, by the way. Yeah, and he, he's got – there's 13 guys left. I guess they can cut at eight, so he's excited. But part of his thing is he's just – you can't bet the same team, but you can bet against the same team, and that's his philosophy. I'm, I, there's nine people left in my survivor pool, and I think the, I think the uh, change is three thousand. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, what he's happens. in that range, about yeah. three or four. So like. hopefully, I, I win. You know, yeah. and I'll buy Wes's uh, jersey. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll get you a, uh, authentic. You know, <laughs> and then Wes, you and I will be chatting. Uh, a lot tomorrow and, and, and of course, uh, Saturday for both ponies and, and uh, um, Canada. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, no work for me for, for the next five days. I'm so babysitting a contractor, remodeling my house, and chasing a child around while the wife tours the Midwest singing. Well, there you go. Hey, who's ha- who has it better than you, my friend? Yeah. <laughs> now, you know what? The best part about having kids is... It gets you to appreciate when you don't have them. You know, when Listen, you have the babysitter, when they're at the grandma's, when your wife gives you the day with the guys, you really can appreciate it. There's some dads that don't spend any time with their kids. You know? Wes, you're I, an older father. I'm going to probably be an older dad, too. So I can't complain. It is what it is. It. I will say it is, um, you know, I would have really struggled with with a lot of the things that I couldn't do, you know, the FOMO. And then there's financial struggles in your early 20s and you know, I, I don't I don't have those two things to, to, to really deal with. You know, we're, we're pretty comfortable. There you go. Look at that. Wes is comfortable. Did you hear that, everybody? So if you want any kind of money or any kind of loan, you go to Worldwide Wes. He'll help you out. He'll hook you I, up. I, I imagine soon he'll be, be able to at least give you a place to rent. 
Yeah, you know, here in two weeks, I, I have two units at a, at a church. You know, I'm doing God's work in this church. It's a gorgeous two, three bedroom and two and a half bathroom units. Almost done. How many I'm at, How many homes do you have now, my, my friend? Uh, 17 units right now. Uh, but I, ha- I have two that are not even started yet. Wow, 17 so. units? Oh, man, yeah. I, I got to jump on your bandwagon, man. Give me a call, man. You pony up some bitcoins, and we'll go buy some houses. There you go. Bitcoins. All right, guys. Always be else. cash. You know? <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah. We'll Bye. talk. Worldwide, Wes and Chazzy Moto and Reno Johnny, man. I mean, Wes is racking it in, man. Yes, I mean, yes, who, he is. Who's better than Wes? I mean, seventeen units. I mean, that guy. He's success isn't the word. Okay, seventeen units. You're in good shape, man. Chris Mannix reports that the 76ers are targeting Zach Levine in a trade after trading James Harden. Mannix mentioned that the Bulls were trying to trade for Levine before the start of the season, but. The asking price was too high. The 76ers have also expressed interest in two Raptors players, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. Both guys are on my fantasy teams. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Julius Randle have also been listed as potential options for the 76ers. Levine said about these trade rumors, I feel like I've held up my end of the bargain. Levine is averaging 24 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, and and 1.2 assists per game in five games this season. Multiple sources believe that Levine and DeMar DeRozan could be available early this season because the Bulls' slow start to the season. They are currently 2-3. and three. That's a slow start. You're five games in, and that's a slow start. I mean, if you're 0-5, that's a slow start. I mean, at least you got two wins. I mean, pretty much everybody in the East has two wins. So how is that a slow start? Because, I'm sorry, the Celtics have four wins or something like that? I, I mean, I don't think that's a slow start. And and to me, I have been saying this. They've been looking to move Levine for the last two seasons. I do believe that. I believe that Levine has been a problem in the locker room. I, I do believe that he he and Billy Donovan have not got along over the last, I would say, two and a half seasons. And I think he wants his way out. I think he doesn't fit this offense. I don't think he fits this team. Uh, Billy Donovan preaches defense. And Zach Levine is not a defensive player. So I, I believe when when you look at this team and and, and they want to rebuild, I, I do believe they, they, see future, uh, they see a future in Billy Donovan. I don't believe they see a future in, in guys like DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine. Yeah, Levine is definitely somebody that's warranted value always because of his three-point shooting and also his ability to attack the hoop. Good free-throw shooter all around. Now That's all he does right. <laughs> He's not a good defense player, that's for sure. Yeah, now the chemistry aspect of it, the coachability, is something that's always been in question. That's why he's been traded around. That's why he's been dangled the rumors in the past. But I think with the way the Sixers traded with the James Harden trade, it makes a lot of sense in order to keep Joel Embiid happy. And if... Daryl Morey has any chance of getting him happy, they're going to need another star to play along with him. They don't have a shot for Siakam. They don't have a shot. I, yeah, and I, I think they're going to be more stubborn in division. Like, OG Ananobi, uh, I could see that. Uh, <laughs> Ananobi will be a free agent, I think, after this year. And uh, he will be available. So, And he was available last year. The Knicks were very intrigued. Oh, thank God were, the Knicks didn't trade for him. I remember they wanted to give up the farm. Yeah, and I believe the Knicks are still interested in him. Uh, and I think at the trade deadline, both 
OG Ananobi will be, be available. I think Levine will be available. I also believe that DeMar DeRozan. I don't want DeMar DeRozan. If I'm a Nick fan, no. I do not want DeMar DeRozan because he's not a good playoff player. And he's, he's a good great point shooter. No, he's a good regular season player. I just don't think he's a playoff player. He proved it in Toronto that he isn't. So him going – and the Knicks had a chance to bring him in before he – after he left San Antonio. They could have made They could have made a move and brought him in. Uh, instead, he, he goes elsewhere, and he goes to the Chicago Bulls. So I, I'm not surprised, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Zach Levine wants his way out of there. I think Zach wants to go to a team that fits his offense, his style of game. He goes over there to the 76ers. He's, he's a James Harden type of player. I, I think he's a better shooter than James Harden, all around better shooter than James Harden. But everything else, I think James Harden is a better player than he is. So. Yeah. Um, I think he's more explosive than James Harden is too, and younger. So, and that's why I could I could see the 76ers if they want to keep Joel Embiid happy, they're going to try to make a move to to bring in a player that could play beside him. Yeah, you also look at Joel Embiid and the circumstances he has with his contract too. He has that two year window that the the 76ers have to determine now if they want to be able to trade him or not too. And I think the moves that they ended up making with the Harden trade make it seem like they still want to contend because they traded for all veteran players too. I think Donovan Mitchell will have his pick on where he wants to go. It seems like it will be the Knicks uh, if any place. Maybe Brooklyn. If Brooklyn uh, is interested in making a move for Donovan Mitchell. Maybe he go, if the Knicks don't have enough pieces to, to land Donovan Mitchell, I could see him going to Brooklyn. But uh, his dream is to play in, in New York and play for the Knicks. So I, I think if anybody trades for him or ever anybody has a chance to get Donovan Mitchell, it is the New York Knicks. Julius Randle, I think the Knicks will try to move at the trade deadline. One reason why is he's not a good playoff player. And he doesn't fit this offense. I, I don't. I don't believe that. Now, everybody says, well, he was a second-team uh, All-NBA player. That's great. He's not a playoff player. He can't hit free throws in the important parts of the game. And I think the Knicks understand that they're not going to win with Julius Randle. He does have one more year left on his contract, and that's why I believe um, the New York Knicks will use him as a value you know, a, yali, a value trade for a, any particular player that they're interested in. I, I think more than likely the Knicks are going to go after a big man that has an athletic ability that could shoot the three. Uh, Joel Embiid has been a name that has come up, and as we uh, have we as we said, Leon Rose he come out, came out and said that uh, Joel Embiid is their number one target. If it's not Joel Embiid, if he's not available, I could see Carl Anthony Towns. I think Carl Anthony Towns would be the cheaper route for the New York Knicks. I just there's a lot of questions about some of these players. Pascal Siakam is a good player. I, I would see you would have to trade the farm to get Siakam. Yeah. Siakam is is a is a center slash power forward to get a guy that athletic and that young. Uh, you're going to have to give up a lot of pieces and draft stock. I, I don't know if I could see uh, the Chicago. I'm sorry, the 76ers doing that. I can't see the Chicago Bulls doing something like that either. Uh, Chicago's going to be built around the draft, and I believe they still believe that Billy Donovan is the the coach that's going to lead him to the promised land. What's stuck with the Sixers, too, is you already saw the value being shot for Daryl Morey, and Daryl Morey's going to go to extreme measures in order to do it, too. And just they have no other upside value. I talked about it with the Clippers with James Harden. That's why they had to trade all the way to all those veteran players, too. And that's why I think it's going to be very hard for them to get any superstar, whether it's Siakam or Levine. I just think... Looking at this story, when you look at the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bulls are going to probably try very, very hard to get that number one pick 
or a top three pick in this year's draft. Uh, as we know that, you know, there's no players like Wembenyana in this nah. year's draft. But uh, that could be, you know, a changing piece to an organization. But there are quite a few good players, and, and there's more variety of players coming out of this year's draft than we saw last year. So this is a better draft than it was last year. I think there, I've heard there are about eight good players in this draft. Usually, you're only going to get five, or sometimes three. This past year was three. They were talking about Scoot. They were talking about Webinyana, and who was the other? Brandon guy? Miller, yeah, who was Miller. the kid with Alabama, who had the uh, and the twins linked in the gun charges. Yeah, the two t- Thompson twins. Yes, they, they like. Those kids too, and we'll see how those guys turned out. I, I I disagree that they should have been drafted as as quick and as early as they were, but we'll see how they develop in the NBA. But yeah, it's upside more, and Houston and Detroit have the teams to be able to gamble on that. I'm interested to see where you know uh, where this draft goes and, and some of these players fall. But I, there's a couple of foreign players too that a lot of people like as well. So mm-hmm. uh, it's become more of an international draft over the last couple of years as Wembyana went number one. I, I think watching Wembyana over the last couple of weeks, well, week and a half, uh, he's looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. So I expect him to just transition his game. And he, he believes they're going, the San Antonio are going to be championship competitive team in the next couple of years. So <laughs> if he's saying that, I, I th- and they have, they have a lot of money. And uh, to get a player like Wembignana, if he turns into the star that he believes he's going to be and San Antonio believes he's going to, they're going to be, uh, I, I think they'll be able to draw free agents. Yeah, it, it's interesting because there's always been a small market. San Antonio is the only professional sports team that's there, too. And Greg Popovich, while he did try to lure in free agents in the past, they didn't work out for him there, so he might go back to that old system. But like you said, Wembenyana is a player that might have that kind of power right away because he's a generational Could you talent. imagine if Murray was still there? And and some of the, they have uh, Vessel, a uh, Vassal who's look, looking like he's a really good player too. Mm-hmm. They he was a great find by them too. Yep. I mean he he reminds me of Kawhi Leonard. That's what he reminds me. Now he's not as good of a defensive player as Kawhi Leonard, but his offensive skills, his offensive ability of finding the the hoop and, and going to the hole and even shooting the three, he's really good and he's a good free throw shooter. I, I think they have some good young pieces that you could build around. I I just. If they had Murray on that roster right now with with Vassal and, and him, I mean, you're a playoff team. Right, and that also gives Wembenyana the ability to be more versatile, pass from other spots on the court, too, and really get that well-rounded game. Because he's 7'3". He's not really a true point guard, either. And if you had Murray, who was more of a traditional point guard, you could have it to take it to that next level. And you can run the offense through Murray uh, to get the ball to Wembenyana. So, I, and I think it, it's very interesting. They're, they're definitely going to look for a point guard in this coming draft. San Antonio, if and San Antonio is going to still, they're not going to get a. I don't see San Antonio as a top ten team in the draft this year. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're an eleven seed or a twelve seed. So I think they'll fall. But I think there are a lot of worst Eastern Conference teams. I think they're out of the top ten. I think they're eleven or twelve. Uh, San Antonio, but nevertheless, I think Webinyana is the real deal. I really do, and I think that San Antonio in the next two, three years, two to three years, I think they're a contender. I, I really as do. As long as Popovich is there, you definitely have to give him that shot. Well, I, I don't trust in Popovich as much as everybody believes in him. I know he's a good coach, but he, remember, he coached Tim Duncan, he coached David Robertson. They, they've had good teams. They drafted Manu Ginobili, he's a Hall of Famer. Tony Parker is a Hall of Famer. Tony Parker at one point was a, a top three three-point guard in the league. Everybody kept talking about Tim Duncan. I mean, and Ginobili was sixth man of the year. I remember at one point when they were at the highest point of their their team's growth, 
They had Kawhi Leonard, who was one of the best young defensive players in the league, who can, uh, who won the MVP when they won this when when they won the NBA championship when they beat Cleveland. I think it was no, it was Miami. And they had Tim Duncan, who everybody knows who he is and what he's capable of doing. They had Gin- uh, who they had Ginobili, and I think I think that year Tim Duncan won Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not mis- I'm not positive, but I think he was one of the best defensive players in the league that year. And then they had Ginobili, who was the Sixth Man of the Year, and they had Tony Parker, a top three point guard in the league. So I, I I think that they have drafted very very well over the last couple of years. They haven't, but now you know they got lucky. I, of course, this is an organization that always gets lucky in the draft. With Tim Duncan, when they were yeah, supposed to be really. the tenth or the eleventh pick, he fell. He fell to them, and 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 they the balls fell the right way for them. They got the number one pick for Tim Duncan from Wake Forest, and even David Robertson, the Admiral, when he was drafted, yeah, everything easy. everything fell uh, to them that that right way. And now they get the one of the best young big men we've seen, or some people say well, the greatest. called it the greatest prospect. Yeah. I, why? First of all, Wojnowski is he has this like love fest for guys, especially these international guys. It usually doesn't work out for the way he thinks, but hey, that's you know why what? he's an insider, not an analyst. Well, he's been out. He's, he has a podcast. He uh, analyzes. Yeah, that's true. Wojnowski has a, a podcast. Carl Sweat was a good trade. Why don't you like uh, Montez Sweat? Yeah, so that was a great trade. They need a pass rusher, and they need a young pass rusher. They can sign him, Carl. It was a very good move for them. Even though they gave him a second-round pick, it's a nice move. Uh, this game is becoming a really boring game. But I have, to give the, I have to give the Pittsburgh Steelers a lot of credit because T.J. Watt is just a beast. Everybody was talking about Micah Parsons being the best defensive player in the league. It's not even close, okay? As much as I like Micah Parsons, the best defensive player in the league is T.J. Watt. It, it, there, there's not even a I think he has like 10 sacks or 10 and a half sacks already. In how many games? Yeah. I, I mean, he's been unbelievable. We we speak about brothers that were dominant in the league at different time zones and different, you know, separate times. I honestly believe that J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt dominated their positions in a five-year, you know, interval. And I, I think that what T.J. Watt has done in the last three years has been unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It, it's been impressive. I think he has, what is it, like uh, – 50 sacks in, like, three years or yeah, something like remember, that? Yeah, because remember, I think 2021 he got I hurt. I think he's got close to 86 yeah. 2021 he like got that. hurt and still ended up having the most sacks in whatever given sample they were saying. It might have been four years for that, but, like, he had a year. Uh, Carl, Chase Young is a better athlete, but Sweat's been more productive. He has 8.5 sacks. Tonight he has two of them. So, so he, yeah, there you go. He's up to 10.5. There it, you go. He's 9.5 right now. Oh, 10.5. All right, so he has 10.5 now. So, and how many games have they played already? This is game... Seven. The Steelers had eight. a bye, this so is eight. eight. Yeah. This is eight games. That means he has how many games left? Nine? Eight? Nine. Nine games. So, 17. So, even if he averages one and a half for the rest of the season, he's going to break 20 again. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Carl, his win rate is could be better. I understand that. He has 86 sacks. I was right. I, I'm surprised I got that right. 86 sacks. Carl, I'm not saying the Bears have to stop with Sweat. I, the, the, sweat is not the only pass rusher they should have, but they need a start. They have nothing on the edges whatsoever. They had to try to bring in Leonard Floyd or something like that. Or, or no, they didn't bring in Leonard Floyd. They brought in Nagakawe as something to just get some kind of pressure because the rest of their defense has actually been not bad in terms of the recent draft picks. I'm, I'm looking at J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt in his career has 114 and a half sacks. J.J.'s retired. He's never going to play again. And he played a lot more years to, to, to get those numbers. Okay? So, J.J. Watt played 10 years plus 2 years with Arizona. So, 12 years. 
TJ Watt is played. How many years is this? I think this is your three, seven for him. Six, seven. Seven years. So he played 12 years. So TJ Watt is absolutely going to destroy his brother's sack record. I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah. This guy's going to have like 140 sacks. And I remember how he was falling in the draft. I wasn't crazy about him in the draft. <laughs> I can't believe How could you not be crazy about a player that his brother was just I thought he got hyped because of his brother more. I was never a a fan of J.J. I know. I thought J.J., if you look at J.J. and his numbers, especially against bad teams, his numbers were really bloated, like uh, bubbled, you know, when he played against the bad teams. Yeah, New England and KC, yeah. You know, and and then when he would play against the good teams, he couldn't get a sack. That could be one of the things that maybe when you look at J.J. Watt and Von Miller all the time, Von Miller, you'll take over because of that. Look at T.J. Watt. It doesn't matter who he's playing against, what team he's playing against, what offensive line he's He's playing against. He's running all over them. So that that's the difference. And I and it's not strength because to me, JJ's a bigger player than than TJ. I think JJ is like oh, he's a lot better. Yeah. He's, a, he's a lot bigger. TJ Watt's an outside rusher. It, it's 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 absolutely unbelievable what TJ Watt is doing right now. So uh, and TJ Watt has first touchdown of his career tonight. So <laughs> and he's the fastest player. I think they said to uh, 80, 80 sacks in the Steelers franchise history too, which is pretty rich. Yeah, especially with, with all the great defensive players that went to the Hall of Fame. Right now, if TJ Watt would retire because of the dominance of the seven years he's been, he's a Hall of Famer. Yep, easily. He's a Hall of Famer, and and, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. I I think he's a first ballot Hall of Fame when you look at his numbers. Sheer dominance, absolutely. And, and then, like I said, before the season started, everybody was going back. Oh, who's better? Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald. They were mentioning Bosa, players. Yeah. Bosa, all these guys. And Bosa was Defensive Player of the Year last year. It wasn't T.J. Watt. The year before was T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt was hurt last year, and that was, right. that was the problem last year. And that's why he only had, I think he had five and a half, what was it, five and a half sacks And the defense year? played so much worse without him. So yes, he did. Yes, really he did. He played off. ten games, and he was playing hurt all season long. He came back at the end of the season and helped them get into the playoffs. He was the reason why they snuck into the playoffs, but uh, obviously fell short. This year, their defense is much better, and they, they've been fighting injuries all season long. In game number one, they lost one of their best pass rushers. Right. So, and they lost a, a couple interior defensive linemen, too. They've rotated in and out with a lot of secondary pieces. I think last week, Minka Fitzpatrick got hurt, so I don't even know if he's playing in this game tonight. I think it's, it's, it's interesting when you're trying to compare certain brothers that have played in the NFL and, and who's been successful. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, his father, you Ed, know, yeah. Ed, was a very good tight end with the Broncos, won two Super Bowls with the Broncos. Sensational. And he had Brothers that were pretty good football players that never really got into the NFL. Yeah, I think his whole family, like there's yeah, like uh, three brothers and a sister that were all great athletes. Great athletes, and that's because of their dad and their mother was an athlete too. Yes. So I, it's and Christian McCaffrey's small, he's stocky. I met Christian McCaffrey in Miami at the Super Bowl. I'd even, I don't know if I told, I never told anybody this story. Did I ever tell you this? I story? don't think so. I was in Miami and I was going to an event. I was going to a cigar event. And I was trying to get an Uber because I parked my car. I couldn't find a parking spot. And it was a couple of blocks up. So I I found a parking spot that I was there for the whole day. And I I didn't want to pay any more money to find another parking spot. And you know in Miami, especially during the Super Bowl, good luck on trying to find a parking spot, an affordable parking spot. I got one for like $30. And I was there for – I could stay there within 15 hours and not have to move. So I had to get an Uber. So I called an Uber. And I'm standing at the corner. And this guy – and his girlfriend sta- are standing at the corner with me. Now, I think it was my Uber, but he thinks it was his. So 
the Uber pulls up. I'm looking at the time. There's they don't show the license plate at the time. It all changed a couple of years ago when that girl, that UFC fighter's daughter, got murdered uh, in Ohio uh, from wow. Ohio State. I don't know if you heard that story. No, I don't. So they never showed the picture and never showed the uh, the license plate. So I'm I'm about to jump into the Uber and then he says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! That's my Uber." And I was like, "No, that's my Uber." And he says, come on, my lady's got to get, we got to get somewhere. So he jumps in. I mean, his lady jumps in and then he jumps in and I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm saying, okay, I guess I'm going to have to order another Uber. And he looks out, he rolls down the window. He says, where are you going? I said, I'm going up the road. He's like, jump in with us, jump in with us. I was like, okay, I thought that was my Uber. So I jump into the car and we're sitting there and I'm just looking around and I'm trying to figure out. And he says, uh, he says, what, what party are you going to? I was like, we're heading we're heading to another party, uh, Ray Lewis party. And I'm like, I look to the side and I'm like, that's Christian McCaffrey. And and I'll never forget it. He, he was playing for Carolina. He wasn't playing for San Francisco. Just foreshadowing. That is and uh, he was with his girlfriend model. He's still dating her right now. I forget her name. And they're laughing. We're giggling. We just, we were, he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, I do media work. I have a network and all this other stuff. And I'll never forget. He's like, he's like, well, now you can tell, now you can tell all your friends that you tried to hop, hop the Uber that Christian McCaffrey was jumping into. And it was so funny as I, and I, you know, I should have gotten his number. I, cause he looked like a pretty down to earth guy. I, I will tell you, I'll tell you guys this. I've met a lot of athletes, a lot of athletes interviewing them and all that other stuff. Christian McCaffrey was pretty down to earth. He really was. And he was cool. And his girlfriend was really, really cool too. And they were like, uh, where are you from? And I told him I'm from Long Island. And like, I've never been to Long Island. It's like, you got to check out the wineries. You got to check out everything. So it was really, really cool. I had a good conversation with them. I finally got to my spot and they said, well, enjoy your night. I should have, I should have said, well, if my party's not good, can I, can I meet you at your party? But, you know, I was stupid. I didn't know what to say because I didn't even, I didn't realize it was Christian McCaffrey. And then he knew that I knew who he was. And he was like, he started laughing about it. So I wasn't starstruck. I never get starstruck, but it was a really funny story. Mm-hmm. So true story, by the way. What does he say? Ronde? Ronde and Tiki. I'm what? I'm not really sure. What the context Ronde and Tiki. What are you talking about? Hall of Famers? Well, Ronde just got inducted this year. Tiki's not going to be a Hall of Famer because he, he didn't play long yeah, enough. Yeah, he didn't have the longevity. Tiki didn't play long enough. If Tiki played another two or three years, absolutely a Hall of Famer. If he won a Super Bowl with one of those teams, absolutely he's, right. he's a Hall of Famer. So I, I think Tiki missed out, and, and that had a lot to do with his personality. And uh, it's working out right now when it comes to radio. I mean, he's popular. He doesn't know anything that he's talking about, that's for sure. Yeah, he's making up Robert Sala conspiracy theories. Well, that's true, too. Uh, you were talking about brothers in the NFL. Oh, I got oh, okay. you. I got you. Uh, there were a couple of brothers that played in the NFL. They're, they're quite uh, – we were talking about uh, Bennett um, – the Bennett brothers. Oh, yeah, Martellus, Michael Bennett. Yeah. Yes, they, they, they were both really good. They both were good in a, like more of a short-term peak, but both they were Both won good. championships, too. Yep. Patriot, he actually had to play in that Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl because Gronk was hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and Michael won with Seattle. Seattle. And, and yep. Philly as mm-hmm. well. Yep, so they both won Super Bowls. If, if you go back, you could probably, the Manning brothers. Of course. I mean, Eli and Peyton, both guys uh, that won Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls, both of them, four of them to be exact. So there are brothers that have been successful in the NFL. I'm talking about, and then the Kelsey brothers. You know, you have the Kelsey the brothers. Of their position, yeah, yeah. And and by the way, they're the first brothers to ever play against one another in a Super Bowl. 
So yep. that, that's the first time last year. So what, In the Andy Reid Bowl. All the Jet fans are so excited and so happy. How could you be happy right now? They won four possibly the ugliest game of the year. Both those games that they won were ugly. They shouldn't have beaten the Eagles. The Eagles practically gave the game away to them. And the Giants, that, that was just despicable. The Giants should have won that game. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what any Jet fan says. Oh, this and oh, that. Uh, uh, we took the ball down. The- if Gano, if Gano hits that shot, it, it, the game's over. There's no way Zach Wilson is taking the ball down the field in 24 seconds. No friggin' way. He barely took the down down the field to hit the one second mark. He almost made a mistake again. Yeah. And then everybody is attacking the referees. The game should have been the game should have been over because they didn't touch the football or something like that. Well, yeah, which, of course. Which was seen that he was one of the referees did touch the football. Yeah. So, uh, crazy. But you know, the NFL changes the rules. You know, every year it's a different. It's also rule. one of the hardest things to try to figure out exactly. I don't understand. Touch. First of all, the referees should be standing there. Okay, why are why are they waiting for the players to run down before they touch the ball? They should be set, you know, setting up shop over there. So when the ball goes down there, they, all they got to do is put the ball down there and and blow the whistle, and they, they all they got to do is uh, you know drop the ball. I guess that far down the field, it's whatever, tough to Spike scramble and all that stuff. But, but still, like that's one of those things that you can't really blame a referee for doing if it's like barely touching the ball. That doesn't piss you off. No, the Giants. The Giants blew it. I don't. I don't think I would. I don't think. First of all, the Giants should have won that game. I know they blew it. What's this Nova Knicks? What do you say, Nova Knicks? Uh, Villanova Knicks, I guess. They are the Nova Knicks. They yeah, are. I guess and that's Carl's nickname for them. They want to. You know, they want to break the bank. They got to get Mikael Bridges. They get him, and then they're they're real Nova Knicks. Yep. I mean, that's the whole roster of, of their championship team. <laughs> yep. Maybe they have to get. It's uh, not the... going to help them win a championship. Even though, sure. a, even though he hasn't played in the NBA, maybe they just have to get the guy that uh, Chris Jenkins that hit the buzzer beater too. Now that all they got to do is hire the coach. <laughs> I said that too. Jay Wright for assistant coach. Make get it happen Jay now. Wright. Transition into the head coach later. You know, transition. Fire Tim. I would. I would fire Tom Thibodeau for Wright. Absolutely. I, I don't know if he can coach in the NBA, but he played in NBA style. He did. He he played Villanova. He ran an NBA style of game. He did. He preached defense first and offense second. And great passing. Oh, 100%. And Villanova was a great all-around defensive team. They really were. Right. They were the best in the nation yep. for like three years in a row. Yeah, and the years they were bad was the years they got knocked out earlier in the first round. If mm-hmm. they didn't have the defense, they couldn't really and do And a anything. great three-point shooting team. Great free-throw shooting team as well. They were always – like pretty much everyone on their team was over 80%. Yep. And I, I think Jay Wright will never coach again. I think he's had heart problems, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. I mean, the stories were coming out on why he decided to retire and stress. And uh, his doctors told him that he, he needs to stay away and uh, stay away from the game and just concentrate on family. So, yeah. Uh, but Jay Wright was one of the best college coaches of this era. For sure. I mean, and... And, and championship bound. I mean, two championships, two national championships in, in a four-year, three-year span. I mean, that's a, that's remarkable for for a coach to do that. As good as all the coaches in the country. You, have, you still had Coach K there. You had all these. I, we talked about Bill Self. All of them. I mean, Calipari in Kentucky. I mean, there's so many good uh, NCAA coaches, college coaches right now. And uh, they go to these. And, and by the way, Patino, that was a perfect fit with St. John's. I, yeah. I love that move for St. John's. I really do. Because I, 
I, Coach Calipari is a guy that has always wanted to coach the New York Knicks. He coached Brooklyn or whatever. He coached the New Jersey Nets at the time. Right. And he's always – and he loves when his Kentucky Wildcat guys go to the Knicks. He loves it because he grew up a Knicks fan, you know, so – I, it's so interesting when, when you watch college ball. And college basketball is right around the corner. I'm excited about it. I, I, I love March Madness. It's the best time of the year to watch basketball. It really is. It's so fun. If you're a betting man, I lost so much money betting on – who did I bet on last year? Uh, it was Kansas, Kansas against right? Arkansas. It was Kansas, yeah. I, I, I bet my whole purse, guys. My whole purse, because I thought Kansas was going to win the national championship. Not because of where they were ranked. I just thought they were the best team you know, in college basketball last year. I, I did. I mean, going into the tournament, they had the most talent, uh, but they choked. And I forget who they choked. Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, which, which, horrible. Which oh, uh, they, were, they were an eight seed, but they were like a better than And they were up. Seed. There was a Kansas, they were like 26 and 0 uh, or something like that. You know, they've won 26 or 28 games in a row when they were up. They were up by 10 in going into the second half. Uh, you know, in the last two years. And then, of course, they choke and they, they give up the lead and they lose the game, and I lose all that money. So thank you to the Kansas Jayhawks. I will never bet on you guys again, ever. Was the Canadian football picks? No, no Canadian football picks. No, Wes didn't even say, I'm not going to bore people with Canadian football picks. Even though he's at 69% this year. I mean, that's crazy. And yes, Carl, I did mention about uh, the Mets in the beginning. I, I, I had to highlight Travis Jankowski specifically because he actually had an impactful role when Garcia went down. And Josh got a little upset when I said that the Yankees are closing in on Yamamoto and then he was making excuses and saying that I'm creating you know rumors that are not true but but I, I will find the story I read a story this morning on social media and it was a good it was a Yankee analyst that said that the Yankees are closing in on Yamamoto so I don't care what what, what it said on Vegas and Vegas says that Boston has the best chance of landing him he's not going to Boston Okay, I'm telling you guys right now. Mark my words. It's if it's in the East, it's either the Mets or the Yankees. If it's in the West, it's going to be the Dodgers or the Giants. Yes, that's Carl my prediction. Is Rumorville Central? He is Rumorville Central. There's no question, Mister Rumor Man. We'll call him Rumor Hoomer Man. All right, uh, a Hoover. Rumor Hoomer Man. No, Rumor Hoover Van. Man. All right. Oh no, no, Rumor Hoover Man. There we go. Hmm. We'll call him Josh, the Rumor, the Rumor Hoover Van. There you go. I, I'm I'm sorry. Could you could you do that in like you know like a tongue twister right there? Could you? Josh Rumor Hoover Van. Gotta do it again. Josh Rumor Hoover Van. Josh Rumor Hoover Van. Ah, you got it wrong. You see, you felt. Let's go and make our picks. Who do you have tonight? I had the Steelers tonight. I had the Steelers on the uh, under. I, I I was thinking about going with Levis tonight. I, I really want to go with Levis because I think Levis is he's the real deal. But I'm going with that defense. I don't trust Pickett, by the way. I, 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 don't, I, I don't either. I don't trust Kenny Pickett. All right. But I think their defense is so explosive and so fun to watch. I think this defense by itself will win the game. Give me the Steelers. Let's go to the Miami Kansas City game 50 and a half. The over under. I'm with you. I'm taking the Dolphins in this one because I have been impressed with that defense. I think Jalen Ramsey coming back definitely makes a difference. And don't be surprised if they use Jalen Ramsey to guard Travis Kelsey a lot in this game as well. Give me Miami on the under. Oh, I love Miami in this game. They're both uh, the battle of the 6-2 and two teams. 9.30 a.m. Germany. The last time uh, they had a German game was Tom Brady's foreign game. And, yes, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the game. Against MVP candidate Geno Smith. That's right. I, I, I love the Dolphins in this game. I know a lot of people would think that Kansas City going to Germany. They have Patrick Mahomes. Boo-hoo. To me, Tua has been the most 
dominant force at the quarterback position all season long. I think he's the MVP of the league. He's been fantastic. This team moves wherever Tua moves. I think their running game, a chain I think will be back this week. They have a dynamic duo over there with Mostert and him. I think they have the best running tandem in the league. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, Tyreek Hill will have 100 yards in this game and two touchdowns dominating. By the way, by the way, Travis Kelsey will not have one touchdown in the game. Is Taylor Swift, that, that would be the bet, is Taylor Swift heading to Germany this weekend? I would believe not. So put them up, put that on the money line. But I've got the Dolphins on the money line. All right, 37 and a half Vikings at the Falcons. A really bad quarterback matchup of Jaron Hall and Taylor Henneke. I'm Don't gonna take count out Minnesota. I'm gonna take Atlanta though because I the Vikings have still had issues stopping the run. The 49ers in the second half of the game they did well with, but besides that, they've still had issues throughout the year. I do think um, I do think B. John Robinson bounces back. Everyone was complaining about him a couple weeks ago with the illness. Give me the Falcons close low scoring game. This is such an interesting game. The Falcons are 4-4. Four four. They're on the top of their division. That's not saying much because the division absolutely stinks. But no Kirk Cousins, and, and Dobbs might start this week. That's what it seems like. I, I expect Dobbs to be very accurate. Uh, he has been efficient all season long in Arizona. I think he has more weapons. Justin Jefferson will not play, but I Addison has been one of the better more young, explosive five receivers in the league. I think he has another big game. 36 receptions, 482 yards, and seven touchdowns. Could you imagine this? You have two dominant wide receivers moving forward in Justin Jefferson and Addison. I think Addison's on his way to being Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's going to have over 11 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns this year. It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. But uh, I, I do believe Atlanta's the better team. I think Atlanta has the better defense. One of the better defenses, one of the top defenses in the league, top 10. Uh, Bijan Robinson's been explosive, 19, 92 attempts, 466 yards, but only one touchdown uh, as a running back. Uh, wide receiving-wise, he's been fantastic as well. But I think this is a breakout game. And you know who I think it's going to be a breakout game for? Kyle Pitts. You heard it. I, Minnesota's had problems stopping tight ends. I, I think they're going to use him. I, I, he's not going to be a decoy this week. 28 receptions, 333 yards, and only one touchdown. Give me two touchdowns for Kyle Pitts. Give me the Atlanta Falcons on the money line. My fantasy team will thank you if that ends up being the case. Mm. All right, Seattle Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens, 44 and a half. Told you not to draft Kyle Pitts. Well, you were, gonna, you were considering it too at the time, but I told you not to draft Kyle Pitts. All right, well, this game, I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. I think it will be a close game. I've been impressed with the way their defense has played in recent weeks. Seattle's offense has been kind of up and down so far. Jackson's going with the Ravens? Us. Oh, my God. I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, I love it. You. you know I love Seattle, but it's a tough matchup. The Seahawks struggle with tight ends as well. Give me the Ravens. Here's here's the, the, the matchup. They're going to Baltimore. That's the problem. Baltimore's a very, very good home team. Their defense plays better at home. They've been one of the more dominant teams at home defensively. And Lamar Jackson, he, he plays very well in front of the crowd. As a matter of fact, I think Lamar Jackson only has four losses in his career at home. I, I think they're a dominant force in, in, in Baltimore. Seattle's good. I think Seattle will be in the game uh, throughout this game. And I think Walker will have a good game. If you have him in your fantasy league, I think he'll be able to run against his defense. I do on the outside. I, I think he has a touchdown and probably around 60, 70 yards in a game. Uh, but I, I think Lamar Jackson will be a little too much to that defense. Give me the Ravens on the money line. 
All right, 37 and a half, the Cardinals and the Browns. We'll see what the, which quarterback ends up playing. If Kyler Murray comes back, I think he does play well. What's the over-under in this game? 37 and a half. Mm -hmm. I think Kyler Murray will play well if he does come back in this game because the Browns, with that four-man rush, do struggle against running quarterbacks. But Arizona's defense has not given me anything reason to trust him, so I'm still going to take the Browns on the over. Ooh. This could be a surprise. I, I think the Cardinals could show up in this game, even without Kyler Murray, even with a, with a, a quarterback you never heard of. But I think the Browns have proven to me over the last couple of weeks this is the best defense in football. They All around, they're the best defense in football. Their secondary is pretty good. Their linebacking core is fantastic. And their front seven, their, their, their front four guys are just dominant. I, I mean, Miles Garrett is one of the best pass rushers in the league. And he causes so much havoc in the middle, on the outside. He could do everything. He, they, use, they use him like Aaron Donald. He's just a dominant force and very hard to stop. I think that being that they're in Cleveland, even though Cleveland over the last couple of years have laid a bunch of lousy goose eggs in Cleveland, I don't think they, lose, they, they, lay, they lay a lousy goose egg in this game. Amari Cooper has 100 yards in this game. Give me the Browns on the money line. All right, L.A. Rams at the Green Bay Packers, the over-under 38 and a half. This will be a close game. The Rams are not able to run the ball to take advantage not a of close the game, by the way. Packers run defense being bad. I think the, pa the Packers will be able to stop the pass a little bit, but I just trust the Rams coaching a little more. And the Rams defense has been surprisingly good at times, too. Give me the Rams on the under. I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to go with the trickery here. Everybody talking about Jordan Love. Everybody throwing Jordan Love on the bus. Everybody saying that he's not the quarterback of the future for this organization. It's going to burst and bust his bubble. You're going into Green Bay. Could snow. I think the Packers win this game outright. I don't even think it's close. Give me the Packers on the money line. All right, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. The over-under is 40 for this one. I, this will be close. I think this is going to be a more lower-scoring game. I definitely like the under in this one. Who I think are you going the, with? I'm going to go with Tampa, though, because I, I don't trust Houston's offensive line as much. And the Bucs' offensive line has actually played surprisingly well this season. And the Texans have had trouble against the run. I think Rashad White is a big game. Give me the Bucs on the under. The Bucs better win, because if they don't win, that's two games in a row, and Baker Mayfield has looked like crap. But I'm going to trust C.J. Stroud, my guy on my fantasy team, and he has been fantastic. A lot of people believe that this guy has been one of the more – uh, unique quarterbacks that we've seen over the last couple of years because he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He's been very accurate, and he's been a very good team leader, and he's taken a lot of pressure off of the defense over the last couple of weeks. I like the Texans in this game at home in front of their fans. Give me the Texans on the money line. All right, the Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick's potential coaching audition for the Commanders. Ooh. And I do think he'll beat the Commanders. I like the Patriots in this game. Washington's defense has had a lot of issues this year. And the Patriots' offense has picked it up in recent weeks, especially against the Bills. Give me New England on the over. You, know, you, you like Mac Jones in this game? I do. I, the only reason why it might be close is because it's in New England. I, I, I really – losing Montez Sweat, losing right. Chase Young, it absolutely destroys their defense. And they're expecting to lose because they want a quarterback. And that's why they're – they're trading away pieces because they want to be as bad as possible because Eric Bieniemy will be the head coach of this team, not Bill Belichick. I have the Patriots. I think the Patriots are the better team. I think the Patriots have more, um, you know, more firepower than the Washington Commanders going into this game. And I think their defense is one of the better defenses in the league still, even though uh, they haven't had a good couple of weeks at the defensive side of the ball. Give me the Patriots. On the money line. All right, 41, the over-under for the Bears at the Saints. The Saints can't protect anybody. Is Justin Fields playing in this game? It doesn't look like it, but, again, if he does play, we'll Questionable. see. Questionable. Uh, yeah, well, he definitely could be a weapon if he does play because the Saints, same thing with the Browns. 
four-man rush type team, but I think the offense will still be tough. I think Olave has a bigger week against this Bears team that uh, Jalen Johnson's kind of disgruntled as a corner too. Give me the Saints in this one. I think it'll be close. I'll say under. I like the Saints in this game. Alvin Kamara will have an explosive game because guess what? He's not going to be running the ball. He's going to be catching the ball, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what makes Alvin Kamara one of the more elusive running backs in the NFL. I think Olave will have a good game. I think Michael Thomas, if he is 100% healthy and he actually plays in this game, will put up some numbers. I, I just I don't know what this Bears team is. They're they're a good run stopping team. They're not very good on the uh, on the throwing. So I, I think they're they're. They're not very good pass rushing team either. Even though they added Montez, they added Montez Sweat, so maybe he changes everything for him this week. I think he's going to have to learn the defense and Mr. Eberlus, Eberfus, whatever it is Eber, whatever Eberflus, Flus. There you go. I said Fuse, Flus, whatever. It's a fluke. Anyways, the give whole team is a fluke. Give me the Saints on the money line. All right, the Indianapolis Colts and the Carolina Panthers, the over-under 43-and-a-half. I think this one definitely goes under. The Panthers' defense played a little better last week against the Texans. I know you got the Panthers in this game. I do, because also Frank Reich knows the Colts. I think that'll help them to their advantage. And Bryce Young has played better in recent weeks. So Not a chance in hell. Give me Carolina on the under. I've got the Colts in this game, yes. We've got the bus driver all ready to pull the trigger, baby. And I like, I like this Colts team. I like their defense. I think they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot all through the season. They've been fun to watch. The coaching has been fun to watch. Their running game, they've got Moss. They, they've got Taylor. They've got weapons, baby. And they have Michael Pittman. Give me the Colts on the money line. All right, the ugly, ugly game of the week, the New York Giants and the Las Vegas Raiders. I can't wait to hear this 37 and a half. I am, I'm agreeing with Wes. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. I think there's going to definitely going to be some inspired spirit. Giants are not going to have Darren Waller this week, and the Raiders' defense has actually played surprisingly Is Daniel Jones well. playing? It seems like he's going to play, but again, I, the Raiders' defense has actually been surprisingly good. And like Wes was saying, that pass rush is tough. Give Who's me the coaching? Raiders. Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce is coaching? Yep. We've been trying to get Antonio Pierce on the show, remember? <laughs> yes, I do. We, we've been trying to get him on the show before he actually took a coaching job with Josh McDaniels. So, so wouldn't it be fitting? Yeah, so wouldn't it be fitting for I the next Giants linebacker to beat the Giants? I want him to go down in flames, baby. I, I hope so, too, but I'm taking the Raiders. I'm going with the Raiders. They're at home. I, I don't trust Antonio Pierce, by the way. He was a good linebacker, not a great linebacker. But uh, I, I do like the Raiders. They're more talented. I don't know what this team is. And, and the Raiders have been pretty good against good running teams, especially when they're one-dimensional. So give me the Raiders on the money line. All right, the big matchup this week, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, 46-and-a-half the over-under. Definitely going over on this one. The Eagles' defense continues to struggle, and Dallas's defense, still a lot of question marks in that secondary. I think this will be a bigger game for Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. And the Eagles' run defense has actually been surprisingly good this year, so give me Philly on the over. Oh, I got the Cowboys in this game. I do. I do. I think they're going to go into Philadelphia and surprise everybody. I know that Beef doesn't want to hear this because he has them losing. Well, eat it, Beef. I think Dak outplays Jalen Hurts in this game. I think they'll be able to run the ball against the Eagles because guess what? The Jets did. (laughs) That's not saying much. But I I think the Cowboys are – going to keep this game close all the way into the end all the way to the end and the Cowboys get a very important divisional win give me the Cowboys on the money line all right Sunday night football the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati best game of the week 49 and a half the over under the Bengals offense has been a lot better in recent weeks go with the Bengals I know actually I'm not I'm going with the Bills actually though because the Bills actually did show some signs on defense last week against Tampa Mike Evans had a couple big plays but they did a good job shutting down those wide receivers and that pass rush is still strong. I think also with the DeMar Hamlin storylines, there's going to be some inspiration there. 
Give me Buffalo on the over. I've been going a lot of opposites with you this week because I want to be different. <laughs> I'm going with the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow last year was on a seven or eight game winning streak. I think he's getting hot. I think he's 100% healthy. I think this defense has played well. They had a couple injuries last week, but that's not going to be a big problem. I still think that their defense is still capable of doing what they've done over the last two or three weeks. I love Joe Burrow. I like uh, Jamar Chase in this game. I think Jamar will have at least a touchdown in this game. <laughs> Probably close to 80 to 90 yards. I think Higgins will have a breakout game as well. Finally has a breakout game. He's It's been Boyd all really the last couple of weeks. They've been using a lot of Tyler Boyd. It will be Higgins this week. That will be explosive. I think he has the he I think he has the biggest game out of all the wide receivers. And I think Mixon, if he's 100 percent healthy this week, he'll be able to run the ball against this Buffalo Bills team that honestly has not been the same defense from last year. Give me the Bengals on the money line. All right, L.A. Chargers, New York Jets, Monday Night Football. Can't wait to hear this. Yeah, this this one is going to be a very back and forth. I think this is going to be lower scoring than uh, more high, more lower scoring in this. The Chargers defense I still don't trust, though. I, I do think Zach Wilson, as bad as he's been, he's had some good downfield oh, throws, though, too. Stop. I think they're going to be able to stretch the field. And the Chargers have been a little more vulnerable against the run in recent weeks as well. Justin Herbert has a little more primetime experience, but I think this is a tough matchup. They don't use their tight ends very much. Eckler, I think, plays well, but that's really it. I'm going to take the Jets in this one. I just trust them in more close games. They've proven themselves in close games. The only reason why this game might go the Jets' way is because the Chargers have to travel to New York. That's it, and it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold on Monday night. I was looking at the weather. It could be up to 44 to 45 degrees on Monday night football. So it'll be cold. I don't know if the Chargers' Justin Herbert understands what it's like to play in the deep cold. I don't think it's deep, but it's cold enough. And I think there'll there'll be some problems. The ball will be a little bit hard. I think the Jets will be able to run against the Chargers. I think Brees Hall has one of his biggest games. I think he has over 140 yards in this game. I think the Jets are going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And this defense will be able to hold Justin Herbert enough to win this game. I, I, it's crazy. I, I don't know why I'm picking the Jets in this game because I still don't trust Zach Wilson. But I think this defense is for real. I don't trust Robert Sala either in the games that everybody picks. Right, but the other coach is Brandon Staley. So. Well, that's true too. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Jets in this game because of Brees Hall. That's it. And Garrett Wilson will have over 100 yards in this game. Not yep. because of Zach Wilson. A lot of trickery plays. Yes, I, I, you could, I could see, like, you know – one of their wide receivers throw him the ball or one of the... Oh, the, the Alan Lazard yeah, to Garrett Wilson touchdown? Back. Yeah, nice. I, I could see that. I, I could see some crazy stuff happening uh, on Monday Night Football because the Jets want to be, you know, interesting. And they're an interesting team. Yeah, especially with all the primetime games they're getting. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are our picks of the week. So... Lots of disagreements. You're in the lead now by one, by the way. You got uh, you got two games on me last week. The only one of our disagreements that I got right was Seattle over the Browns. I'm doing my dance, you see? I see that. See, this is why I'm this is when I start to pull away, Speedy. This is when you I just start waving to you and saying goodbye. What do you think? I don't know. We'll you we'll, fi- we'll, we'll, we'll find out. It, I mean, I kicked the crap out of your fantasy team. You won by 7 points. 7 points and I had 190 seven points. points. 190 points, man. I kicked everybody's ass this week. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're both of our teams scored a lot. 7 points is not You're sitting the behind me, buddy. You're sitting behind me. Seven points in you fantasy football. You are looking is at my ass game. right now, Speedy. Okay, I'm just saying uh, you did not blow me out. Well, it doesn't matter. A- any kind of points is a blowout. You see? Yeah. Any kind of points. Any is a kind blowout. of points is a blowout, especially when I win. Okay. 
Any I'm, kind of points is a blowout. Yeah, what is logic? Well, it is logic. It's my logic. And guess what? And Anthony, I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for you this week. And when I Errol's going to blow you out by seven points. That's right. I'm going to blow you out by seven points, and I'm going to take sole custody of first place. As everybody was laughing, as the league, Yahoo League, rated me an F at the, you know, when I, and when I made my drafts. I, I, do you remember that? Everybody yeah, was laughing. I know. The Beef called me up and said, ah, ha, 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 that graded you an F. I said, okay, we'll see if they grade me an F at the end of the season. You all are idiots if you think I'm not going to win this year. I believe I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to be like, I'm going to look into the future, okay? I'm going to be like, well, what do they call that? Crystal Tupac. Ball. No, no, what, what was Tupac? Uh, who, who could see into the future? What is his name? Um, Fortune teller. Tupac Shakur is a fortune teller. Oh, you Tupac? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know that. I think you just meant a general. What, 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 what was the What was the guy that he believed in? Who saw the future for what it was? I, you know, I, I forget. Illuminati or something like that. Illuminati. I think that's what it was. Whatever. Okay, I could see into the future. All right, and here's my future, ladies and gentlemen, in fantasy sports. I am in four. Fantasy leagues. I'm in second in the Beavs League. I'm in fourth now in Mikey C's League. And I'm coming for everybody. I started off really, really slow. And everything's starting to pick up for me as I'm making some moves, Speedy. And you can eat my dust. My basketball league, I won my first week. I think I'm up in this, too. (laughs) I won the first week. I think I'm pulling away, ladies and gentlemen. As, uh, you know, it's only two weeks in, but I, I think I'm going to win this week. Enjoy your seven-point blowout. Uh, that's right. And uh, in my other football league, I did not uh, join uh, Clarence's football league, but I did my own football league. Yeah, Clarence Cla- Clarence beat me last week, too, and we oh. were one and two in, in, in my version of Clarence's league. Why is that? Uh, he had 200 points. He had 200, He had 211 points he scored. I won 77. I would have beaten every other team. Uh, he had a great week. It was, besides Pollard, everyone else was great. It's just he had Tyree Kill, and mm. um, I think he had Jalen Hurts in that league. Somebody else. Uh, Hopkins went off last week at three touchdowns. Like, it was it was mm. a lot. So I lost to you and Clarence in, like, the same week it, with great points. It was just unfortunate. Mm. I am interested to see what's going to happen, my friend. I am, but you're not going to win. I know you're you're excited with your fantasy. You're finally up there. You're you're finally up in the top four. You haven't been there ever. I mean, you've been in the Beavs League for like three or four three years. Three years, I think. Three yeah. years, and you've never been in that top echelon of teams. And you're there. It's yep. great. La- but last... you bumped into a hole, and you found me. Thank you, DJ Moore, for That's only getting right. nine and a half Rick, points. Rick, Rick, it, Rick, Rick, you loser. Rick, 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 you loser. I'm just telling you the truth. You lost. It's okay. Yep. Thank you, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. What? Nine and a half points against Switch the it up. lousy oh, Chargers Monday Night defense. Football music. That's what I'm saying, Carl. What, what, we have DJ, you know, we have DJ Speeds, okay? And he's not flipping it out. Where, what happened to Monday Night Football? Monday Night Football. That was part of the rotation, Carl. It's it's a video. It rotates the CBS, the NFL. Listen, you upset Carl. He's very upset about you. So. Carl, uh, if you want me to send you the video, I will show you it's a rotation. Do you like tacos, Speedy? Of course. Do you like spicy tacos? Yeah. Have you ever had a hairy taco? Ew. Why? 
want to eat a taco that is hairy. I mean, there's a lot. You, you, have you ever had a hairy taco? Would you like to try no, it? No, I'm not going to eat any food that would has you like hair to, on it. Would no, you like, I don't want to eat spicy, any food that has spicy hair and hairy. on it. But it, 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 the taste. I, mean, I don't care. I mean, seriously. It, there's it, millions it, of tacos out there that don't have hair but on it. The, the hairy ones are the best I'm not ones. going to eat I anything think, with listen, hair on I'll it. I'll give you some, you know, I'll give you some sauce. We'll give you some hot I'm sauce. I'm not eating you anything like with sauce, hair right? on it. You like hot sauce? I don't care. I'm not eating anything with hair. I mean, have you ever had a, ta- a, a hairy taco? How about this? A nice taco with a nice sausage. Have you ever had that? No, they don't go together. But you like the dark sausages, right? They don't go together. But do you like the dark sausages? They don't sausage? go together. But do you like the dark sausages? Yes, sa- but they don't go together. Do you like the spicy chocolate? I mean, spicy chocolate. The spicy sausage. Yes, but they don't go together. All right, so you like spicy dark sausages. Yes, and I will keep them independent now, from my tacos. Now, what kind of taco do you like? Do you like the, you like like the hard shell or do you like the soft shell? It depends shell? on my mood. All right, so <laughs> it depends on your mood. Okay, so what kind of mood are you feeling right now? Do you like the soft right now or are you looking for the hard? I guess hard if I were to eat a taco. I right figured now. you'd like the hard taco. I, I it's 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 perfect. It, it's a perfect fit for you. Now, at what what is a what do you like chicken or do you like beef? I prefer beef for tacos. I figured you like beef, yeah, but yeah. I like them both. Yes. Yeah. What kind of sauce do you like on that? It depends on how spicy I wanted to get it. All right, all right. You like it spicy, right? Yes. Spicy, you know, hard, you know, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I figured. I figured. All right. So everybody, uh, you know, Speedy likes his tacos. He likes his sausages. Um, this is great. Speedy, we And love they're it. not together. I, I'm not sharing it, okay? But we all know that you like your tacos and you like your, your sausages. These are all very important segments of our show. And, and now that everybody knows what you like and what you like to eat, that's the most important thing. I mean, just remember this. Set this in your head, okay? Sausage, taco. Where do you go? One and two. Taco. Taco. What, what? Why would you go with taco? I thought you liked those, those big long I thick sausages. Really? Well, I mean, you sir, go there. I did. Mean, you, you officially went there. Well, I didn't. Where did I go? I mean, you said you. D I C K. No, I, I did not go that way. What are you talking you about? Did. I did not. You whatever. Okay, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. As Speedy just went completely off segment over there. Oh, really? I started this. You went off. I all I asked you is, what do you like? You like tacos? I said, do you like a hairy taco? Yeah, and then you slipped in that word. I heard it. I I didn't say that. You're the one who slipped the word in. I never said anything. Okay, I was just hinting on what you like. And people want, you know, let's say, you know, Christmas is around if, the corner. If Carl, if Carl wants to find out all my food things, he can message me. But it's not just Carl. It's everybody else listening. I mean, everybody. Josh has my number. He can deal with me. Snug has my number. I'm not talking about them. I don't give a crap about them. How about the fans that don't know how about, how about Carl's the one commenting right now. All right. Carl's on the feed over here. That doesn't mean that he's everybody that's listening to the show. So, you know, if, if, if you, do you like sausage McMuffins? Yes. Okay. What, which, which sausage McMuffin do you like? There's two yeah, of them. Regular one. You like the regular one? Why? Why do you it's like the regular one? I've had. Well, what what kind of bun do you like the sausage McMuffin on? Uh, it's an uh, English muffin. Oh, you like the English muffin? Yeah. Uh, that's what it is. Soft? I mean, you could put that's it on. What it is? Well, you could put on a bagel too. You can have a McMuffin at McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh no, I never, I never did that. Okay, well, I can help you. You, you if anytime you want it, you, ask them the. It, remember, you don't want too much bread, so you you want you want them to gut the bread. You want them to clean out the oh, bread. Oh, now you're going to turn into that, like, random California guy? I do that. I do that. I never eat the inside of the bread. Okay, just don't walk around New I York don't. City and target I mean, yourself. That's the fattest part of the bread. Why do I want to eat that? 
If okay. I'm going to eat all day, I want to make sure that my carbs are going in the right places. So right? you're going to turn into that like LA guy that tried to target a bunch. I'm just telling you what I do. Target himself like that. I'm just telling you <laughs> what I do. I'm just getting into the conversation of what kind of foods that you like. Uh, how about this? You like uh, uh, you like cucumbers? Not really. You don't like cucumbers. Mm, Have lottery. you ever seen a big cucumber before? Have you ever gone into a store and look at a big cucumber? Yeah. Uh, do you ever look at it and like, wow, that's that's a big thing, you know? Uh, not to that extent. Mm, but okay, I'm sure. It exists. How about eggplant? You like eggplant? No, it's disgusting. Oh, you, you've, have you ever had an eggplant? Yes. Have it's you ever disgusting. seen how big an eggplant can get? Yes. Okay, I'm just asking you. I mean, it, it, it's it, it, to me. I I don't like eggplants either. I mean, I'm not a cucumber fan, and every time I look at a cucumber, it just makes me sick to my stomach. So I don't want to. I don't want to imagine anything going into my stomach with a cucumber. You know. All right. Fair anyway. Enough. Fair enough. There you go. Uh, Speedy likes his tacos. Make sure that, uh, you know, it's it's day by day. I mean, he likes it soft. He likes it hard. Any way he, you know, anywhere you, you slice it and you dice it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, sausage, he doesn't like it white. He likes it dark. So uh, if you want to send him a Christmas gift, you know, Hanukkah, whatever, uh, for the holidays, please, you know, I'll give you the address and Speedy will enjoy it. Uh, as as Look at that smile on his face. He's enjoying it, right? I don't know how what I would deliver do a delivery sausage. What are you talking about? You could deliver a sausage. No, no, no I said I, no. I'm not saying you couldn't. I'm just saying I don't know how much I would enjoy it. It's well, not gonna be a fr- as fresh. It's gonna be a fresh sausage, man. I promise you. Anyways, <laughs> that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tune in next week on Wednesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Thank you to obviously our Let's Parlay group. Uh, thank you to uh, Wes and Chaz and Reno Johnny as he's coaching right now. Hopefully he's winning. Yes. Uh, yeah. He says he wins a lot of games. I mean, maybe we should ask him if he likes a sausage or taco, too. Maybe we'll get If you want to ask him that next week, I, we can. will. We'll get into the conversation with him. I, I think he would go more towards a sausage like you. But you're a taco fan, so we'll go with that. I don't know. He lives in San, he'll, Anto- he'll San Antonio. The, There's Tex-Mex all there. He'll guzzle the, the sausage, and you'll guzzle, guzzle the... Yeah, guzzle. Guzzle. What, what? Guzzle more applies for drinks, but okay. Yeah, but you can guzzle a sausage. Technically, yeah. Okay. So you know. I, I'm just getting into the conversation. I don't know if Reno Johnny would want to do that. I, I Maybe he does. Maybe he maybe he likes to guzzle sausages. Anyways, uh, we will be back. Uh, and by the way, is there a Saturday game, Islander game on Saturday? We'll find out. There you go. You should, be, you should be on this like this, Speedy. Let's go. Let's go. Snap it up, baby. Snap it up. They, they've, they've had a lot of Saturday games, by the way. I think we've had three of them already this year. It's been an early year. And what's taking you so long? Do I have to look this up, man? I, I mean, yeah, they do. Seven thirty. All right. Hurricanes. So, listen to us on one hundred three point nine FM as we will be doing uh, a twenty-minute pregame show before the Islander game starts. So we're we're excited to to entertain all the Islander and New York fans on one hundred three point nine FM, and then listen to the weekend crunch after the game. After obviously the post game and everything like that, you can be hearing us on 103.9 FM for the weekend crunch as we crunch every sports topic throughout the week, important sport topic on our show. So tune in at 10.30 p.m. on 103.9 FM. If you don't live here on Long Island, well, you can go on iHeartRadio and tune in on iHeartRadio at 10.30 p.m. All you have to do is go to LI News Radio on iHeart and you can tune in. Every single Saturday. That's it for our show. We will be back next week. Tune in. Good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.